All righty, folks, we're in the saddle shop tonight with Buck Moon, world famous cowboy, bullshitter, running for president. <laughs> you what? got the bullshitter part right, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. I wonder how many people are going to believe us when, when we start telling some of these stories. Oh, I, I don't know. They get better with time, right? Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> My wife's over there giggling. Yeah, well, she might as well join in, too. <laughs> uh, she's oh. fiddle-farting around on her computer. Oh, so they're supposed to be building cinches. She's got one on the loom right now. Pretty oh, fancy she? one. Yep. Was it Rising K? Is that right? Yep. Rising K cinches and breast collars. There you go. If you guys want to uh, cinch a breast collar, hit up old Katie. Yep. She's She's been hitching quite a few of them, especially now yep. that she's on break from school. She stays busy. She's, she's a lot more artistic than I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she sure does a nice job. Uh, oh. It's Rising K on Instagram and Facebook, right? Uh, you got Instagram there, babe? Yep, she does. Okay, I thought and, so. and Facebook, yep. All right. Yep, Rising K Cinches is what it's under, I believe. Yep, she, she, she does a good job with them. She's been building them for, oh, probably four or five years now. Yeah. Years. I don't even remember how well, long. I've been up here for... Damn near five, I think. Yeah. Well, and she was when I worked for you and I had my hip replaced. She uh, she was building them. Yeah. At least started. five years. Yeah. 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 She's a lot a lot more articulate and handier than I am with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can do the cinch deal. I tried to bead once and it, I made it. I think I did a peyote stitch on a feather or two, and that's about my beading career. Oh yeah. I remember when I got into high school, the, the, the old beaded hat bands come back. and Oh, yeah. You wasn't cool unless you had a beaded hat band. And Man, a beaded so belt. I, and a beaded belt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I learned how to, well, my mom actually beaded some when I was growing up. And I, I still had her loom, so she kind of showed me how. And I made probably five or six hat bands, and that's that was the extent of it. Boy, I just didn't have the patience. Yeah, I don't need. You know what I want to bring back? And What's I'll say that? it on here, and somebody will bring it back before I can get to it. But the old porcupine quill. Oh bit. yeah, that's right. I haven't seen one of them things forever. Yep. I'm gonna go yep. find me one here. That's. I've been saying that for the last year. Like, man, I, I gotta go get me a dang porcupine so I can make one. And then they're going to come back in style, and then everybody's going to have one. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I kind of forgot about them. Those things were badass. You know, I, I, I think they need to come back with, you know, how like in the 70s and maybe early 80s, they had like the tip of a, oh, they had maybe like a peacock feather, the tip of it, but they put it right there on the side of their hat. Oh, yeah, the old 60s style. Yeah, yeah, big old crowns, shaped yeah. rims, yeah, Tom Petty style. Yeah, yo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that race car driver? He always had one too. Yeah, ain't that Tom Petty? 
that might be. I yeah, it probably is. I, well, I, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't know much on the race car part of things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's what, or maybe that was a singer or something. I don't know. I, I yeah. can picture who you're talking about though. But yep. Hell, I think he might might have even crashed. Might not. Have, might not have made that last big left turn. <laughs> yeah. Come in a little hot. <laughs> yep. Just center a little too hard, boy. <laughs> yep. He, he didn't quite aim for the bushes. Yep. Hell. <laughs> oh. oh shoot. Yeah. Well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now. Kind of how you got started in the cowboy. And I mean, you've always been cowboying, but um, yeah. Well, you didn't really. Up, go ahead. Well, I kind of, kind of just grew up cowboying, I guess. You know, or yeah, always wanted to be a cowboy. Uh dad, he he rode colts and ranched his whole life, and then uh, he became a trucker there for a few years, and then quit trucking and went back to riding colts and met my mom and had my brothers and my sister and I and then he got crippled up enough that he couldn't couldn't really pay the bills just riding colts and so he went to work in a feed yard and worked at a feed yard for quite a while and then that wasn't paying the bills so then he started his own fencing company and he fenced and then in the winter times he started hauling feed and got back in the truck and decided to sell a little chunk of ground and he uh, bought a truck, and he's been trucking ever since. But I kind of, I always grew up, you know, I was always a crash dummy, I guess. I I, I think he tried to get knocked out of me there for a while, <laughs> but I always, I, I, I always wanted to rodeo and cowboy and do that, and I was yeah. lucky enough, you know, I, I got to rodeo and, and make a living rodeoing and paid my college, which nobody has once asked me for my degree, but <laughs> I, uh, I got crippled up and, and, uh, it actually would have been, uh, New Year's of 2013, oh. 14. Yeah. And then tore my hip up and I just went back to riding Colts and day working and cowboying. And, and one of my good buddies, Ty Keller, he works for Hyde Kramer over to Seneca, Nebraska. That's kind of how he uh, he got pretty handy when he was working for Hyde. So, anyways, Hyde had some buddies down in Alpine, Texas that he uh, he went to college with and stayed good pals with, and he was buying a lot of horses from him. And, anyways, they needed some younger guys to come down and start some colts. So, Ty and I we 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 were thinking it was going to be kind of like the movie All the Pretty Horses all over again. We was going to oh, go yeah. down there and show them how it was done. So then we got down there and kind of realized how, it was a whole different world down there. <laughs> you know, it took us about yeah. two hours to drive 28 miles. It was <laughs> it was some rough country. That ranch yeah. was right there on the border. And, oh man, we we we'd have probably died. But there's a guy named Slim Walters that was down there that was uh, wintering down there, and he'd uh, he'd worked for Ray Hunt and and. Uh, also was a cook for Ray while they put on them clinics. And uh, if it wasn't for him helping us out with them Colts, boy, we'd uh, we'd have had a long winter. We went down there for two winters in a row. And then my third winter, I uh, went and rode rope horses for a guy named Shot Branham and uh, went down there for a few months until I had to come back to start calving. And 
and kind of been well been shooing horses in between and, and now i just mainly shoe horses and my day work still and i work at the sale barn in burwell and on fridays so that keeps me busy and i've been judging some rodeos i've been judging some high school rodeos and some amateur oh, yeah. rodeos so yeah it's been keeping okay. me busy you still picking up any nope nope i haven't you know that i didn't have the horsepower yeah and not only that you know i figured it'd pay a little more to to do a little judging yeah but no i i still help you know in some of the practice pins every once in a while yeah no i i could have got into that picking up deal but you know gosh dang it's yes any one of them other pickup men it it's a lot more work than just picking up bronx i mean you gotta go out and help sort and feed and everything else in between and yeah well, not only you that, know. you got to have about 20 head of horses. Yeah, you know, you actually got to have at least six or seven good ones and keep them shod and trimmed. And, you know, I, I imagine them, them guys working for the big stock contractors, you know, they're they're probably getting their horses shod and, pay, you know, that's all probably paid for. But some of these guys doing it for these amateur rodeos, my hat's off to them. I mean, they, they, they've got a lot of time and effort just to be yeah. able to go from rodeo to rodeo right so yeah that that's pretty good feeling uh, picking up it's fun i've always thought that'd be cool to get into but you know like like you said you about gotta have a hell of a string of horses and three of them are always crippled by the time you need them oh yeah well in any more right here in nebraska i mean there's getting to be less and less rough stock riders and you know so many of these ranch kids they're 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 not i guess i guess some of these ranches you know them, them kids just ain't horseback like they used to be you know yeah. everybody's going to side by sides and four-wheelers and dart guns and you know i think a lot of that's a little bit of it's getting lost now there's dang sure some places that them kids are kids are out horseback all the time you know helping helping with the ranch and whatnot then everything in between so that's still good to see there's still still a lot of good kids coming up that are going to be handy someday yeah seems like there's a big generation gap for even you know from oklahoma up there to montana it's about the same like um you go to a brandon and i'm still one of the younger guys now i'm 33 years old and when i was in high school if you was 30 or some years old hell you was on the brandon or or cutting or something like that or just sitting by the stove because there's 15 20 young kids running around doing everything oh i know you (laughs) You know know, it's yeah there's getting to be less and less kids doing it yeah you know i hate to say it a lot of these little these kids are kind of turning into pussies oh yeah just flat out to it you know yeah they they haven't had to work for nothing which i'm sure and that's not all of them but you know quite a few of them damn sure have which is sad but oh yeah know, i i know i've been to enough brandings just here in the last few years and i've been the youngest guy if not i know it. it's one of the you know yeah really close to it now well, you get around over there by brewster and start heading west and north and north and west you know there's getting to be there's still there's still a group of them kids around they're handy they can do it all oh yeah yep 
Yeah, they're still around. They're just not like. I mean, even here, guys talk about you know, ten, fifteen years ago, you'd have half the high school out there wanting to wrestle calves, and now you'd like if you can get five or six. Oh God, I know it. I know it. You know, and and I just I don't understand it. They don't want to. I don't know if it's well. The, I know the amount of kids ain't around like it used to be, but. It, I know when I graduated, we had a real big class. I think I graduated with 15 kids. Yeah. You know, which Taylor, I think, next town over, you know, they probably only had, I think, probably seven or eight. And then Burwell, you know, that's when you started getting up there, probably 20 kids or so. Yeah. But, you know. I think the, we had, mine was like 19, and that was like the biggest class that went through there in like 15 years. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Dang. I'll be dang. That's crazy. Well, you know, like Loop County, there's, there's, uh, theoretically, there's two towns, Taylor and Almeria. Well, there ain't nothing in Almeria except a couple old buildings. Yeah. But Taylor, you know, the only reason the school's still open, because it's the county seat, you know, but I, they say there's some classes, there's only two or three kids. They got to share classrooms for the elementary and, you know, the high school part of it. There's, I think maybe one of the biggest classes might be 10 kids. Yeah. And maybe that's changed, you know, but yeah, they just, there just isn't that many kids anymore and let alone ranch kids. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, in the farming and ranching community part of things, because we're down here in the Valley, the equipment and them farmers have gotten a lot more efficient, you know, (laughs) And, and, and same kind of goes to the ranch side of things, but yeah, that, that's, I think the biggest part, you know, I remember some of these ranches, they'd have six or seven hired guys. Now they might have one. Yeah. And everything's air conditioning and, and, you know, they don't have to hardly get out of the cab to do anything. Oh yeah. Well, I was just talking to my buddy Chet the other day and he was, he was whining and complaining cause he had, he didn't have a, a cab for his feeding tractor and, oh. <laughs> and, and his grandfather-in-law, he, uh, he's from back Eastern Nebraska and that owns ranch and Chet, he just, he manages it and runs it or whatever. And he finally got him talked into bringing him a tractor after, because it, it got cold, you know, it was, the windshield was dang sure like 30 to 40 below last week. For right. Oh man. <laughs> I, had, I had to go help at the sale barn that Friday. Come about ten thirty, I I didn't really want to be a cowboy anymore. Yeah. My toes was cold, my hands and face was cold. Yeah, but come Monday it jumped back up to like thirty degrees. You know, we had a big old like a fifty degree temperature change. Man, yeah, it good. was it was a hundred degree temperature change here. It was crazy. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, that far north i'd freeze that's that's why i used to oh. go down winter down south shit I'll, I'll take a winter up here any day over nebraska screw that oh. that that cold down there i don't know what it is i it's i do know what it is it's the humidity but with the humidity the cold there is like 20 to 30 degrees colder oh, yeah. you know the real feel i guess i don't know it can yep. be 20 below here and it's not that bad 20 below there, I mean, it's 
it's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to be outside anymore. It's like, no. it's terrible. 20 below here, I'll walk over to the shop, you know, and sweater in the neck rag and not think a hell of a lot of it, you know, wear my long johns, but I don't even put on any wool pants or anything for doing just that. But. <laughs> yep. I remember the first year I got entered in Denver during the winter time. I left Taylor and it was, I'm wanting to say it was probably 15 degrees, but the wind was just howling and drove straight through, you know, and got to Denver and I had to be checked in probably around five or six or whatever time. And I get out and it's already dark out there, but I, I get out of the car and I'm like, it says it was 19 degrees. I'm like, man, this is going to be cold. I got out. I thought, well, I guess we're, my temperature deal on my car is wrong <laughs> yeah. and I get to walk and I'm like, it's hot, you know, but yeah. there's no wind and it was more of that, I guess, drier climate. I mean, yep. it wasn't that bad. Hell, no, I didn't even need my gloves or anything. We came up, you know, of course I was cowboying down there and he was out in it every day and, and came up to the in-laws up there by Glendive and, duck goose hunting and and i didn't even have my ear flappers down you know i had a heavy sweater on i think some roping gloves and everybody's just whining and bitching about how cold it was not to me i thought it was like 20 above like it, it's not very cold out i didn't think much of it mm-hmm. we get in the house and and they're still whining i was like what the, it's not 20 you know like yeah yeah, it's not 20 it's 20 below i was like what oh no there's no way looked at it sure enough 20 below and i was like shit i'll take this weather any day oh i know what i remember oh one of my good buddies was from louisiana so one november for uh thanksgiving break from college we decided we was gonna go to louisiana so we went down there and the coldest i've ever been we went saltwater fishing on on the gulf there oh yeah it it was 28 degrees and i thought i i thought hell was going to freeze over oh (laughs) man they told me bring all my extreme or you know my cold gear from back home and i was like oh hell it can't be that bad you know it's only going to be high at 28 i always figured if it was 20 degrees or, or warmer i could get by just wearing my cowboy boots you know but yeah by golly down there it was 28 degrees and and you could just see like from under my my shirt you know underneath snaps there was red lines where each gap was and (laughs) but i'm I'm sure it was just that moisture and that mist coming off and it was fun though man we we caught some fish and they pulled this boat around and and that was the first time i ever i ever was on a boat that i couldn't see the the shore i guess yeah. Well, let's let's head back to where so we can at least see land. But yeah, get, that was that was pretty fun. Did you get sick? No, hell, I never got sick. The only really? the only reason I got sick is because probably ate too much, and, and I mean that food down there is delicious, but it it can be kind of rich too. And usually, <laughs> yeah. you can't just eat one bowl. You gotta go back for second, third, and fourth. I suppose. And you know they like to they like to party down there. So I've we, heard. We, we was college kids in Louisiana, man. We did have some fun. I bet. And wake up the next morning to go hunting. We went goose hunting or duck hunting. And, man, we, we got our license because there's another buddy that went 
went down there from Nebraska with us. It was my roommate. And so my buddy Cajun or Colton Blanchard was his name. He, uh, he had a buddy wanted to take us duck hunting. Well, we got our, uh, when we got our fishing licenses, we got our out of state tags or whatever to get some ducks and whatnot. So anyways, he takes us out there. I don't think he thought we could shoot shotguns. He, he asked us if we shot much. And I said, well, just mainly rifles, you know, up here. But I said, I've shot a shotgun a few times. And, and I didn't tell him, that, you know, we shot quite a bit for, like, oh, you know, them, them clays. We, trap we did that. Trap yeah. shooting stuff. And anyways, them ducks coming. Oh, well, you guys go ahead and try and we'll shoot whatever you guys miss. <laughs> Gosh, I don't think. I don't think their guys even got to shoot. They, <laughs> they just couldn't believe that we do how to run a shotgun. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was fun. That bird hunting down there is a big thing too. Oh geez. That and that bass fishing. Yeah. Now I tell you what, one, so Cajun had another buddy that was down there and, uh, they were neighbors to the gray ranch and they win the Bermuda award with AQHA. I don't know what year it was for, for certain but anyways he had some ground right next to this ranch and what what they do is or how they did it was these old rice fields they uh after hurricane katrina hit in like 2007 or 2008 whenever that was it washed out all these canals and levees and whatnot so what they ended up doing is they uh they pretty much just turned it back to grass land or you know regular well they just put livestock on it you know right. so what we did there was about six or eight of us that was going to go and they put me on a pickle they didn't think i could ride very good <laughs> or something or felt bad or didn't think i was going to be able to catch nothing <laughs> and so sure enough we get down there and there's swamps on three sides of this uh old rice field and them cows are out in the middle of grazing so what we did is I rode right behind boss and we made our circle and he started dropping. He dropped off a couple guys on each side of the swamp. And then they had to watch, watch him before, you know, to, to make sure it was good to go. Well, then you'd just go out and you'd rope something that was of weaning age and tie it down and hope that you could hurry up and get on your horse and go catch another one, tie it down. So we ended up going down there and we're doing this and, we already just dropped off the last guy behind me and it was just me and me and the owner. Well, sure enough, we're riding. And this is at a different time. This would have been probably in May or something when after we got out of school and uh, gosh, dang, there's this dang water moccasin starts chasing me. I said, Hey, there's a snake. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to whisper to be quiet. And them cows are fairly wild. Sure enough, the snake starts chasing us. So we, we kind of ride out away from the snake. I asked him, I said, well, what do we do? I said, will there be any snakes out there on that rice field? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, well, if they chase us horseback, surely they'll chase us on foot. He goes, oh, yeah, just hit him with your rope or a tie string. <laughs> so I was a little, a little nervous about that. But, yeah. you know, when, when the chase was on, boy, everything just scattered shoot I, I got lucky and i got three tied down and everybody caught two or three you know it was that was oh, fun yeah. then then later on you know after you couldn't get a pickup and trailer there but you just start leading them to the road and then once you got to the road you know they had that half top and they just started shoving them up 
that was fun. That was probably yeah. probably one of the coolest things I got, I've got to go do. Let uh, there's a, a bullfighter down there some somewhere in the rice fields is catching water buffalo. Uh, uh, him and his brother used to fight like Sparks, like Donnie Sparks or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's uh, I can't remember what I I do I do know that name, uh, Donnie Sparks, I, and I can't think what his his brother's name is. Yeah, he had the long fringe on the shirts and the gloves and everything. I think. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, he was gosh, on. Dang. Maybe it was uh, RFD or hell, maybe it was YouTube or something. But anyway. That's what they were doing, but they were chasing down water buffalo and loading them. Oh man, jeez, yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, in in right down where we were at, you know, it wasn't that far from from the Gulf, you know, and and so they they do they'll they'll lead them critters with them boats and and drive them across some of the marshes and stuff. I can't remember. Oh yeah, the lingo. But yeah, I I never did get to go back for that. They offered me to come down and check it out, but I just I never cool. never did. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, I think, is what the other one was. Oh, that that's right. They they rodeoed clear, clear back in like the nineteen ninety six, seven ninety eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. I think, I think my brother has a rodeo card stash somewhere. Oh yeah. Do you ever collect yeah, them things? I, you know, I had a few when I was pretty little, but after that, I never, I don't even know where they went. Uh, my, my brother had a whole book full of them things. Boy, you'd watch the NFR, he could tell you who everybody was by their shops and everything, you know. Oh, yeah, everybody. I never got that little... much into it. But... You know, when, when I, when I got to rodeo on, you know, you kind of, you kind of knew everybody by, by their shafts and. There's vest, you know, with the colors and everything, you know. Well, when you're famous like you, they probably all just no, no, come and ask for your autograph, probably. Thank you, <laughs> no. I suppose. Uh, no, not even. No. <laughs> I, I, I did have, I did go to some of them PBRs when I was younger. Well, when I was 18 and 19. And I remember you were supposed to have to go sign autographs at some of these deals afterwards. Well, I had a buddy that was with me. And he was actually a bulldogger. Well, we had to stick around for whatever reason for a little bit. And then we had to sit at this table while he was just standing kind of right, you know, fairly close. And pretty soon people, they'd go through the line and they'd walk up to him. And they're like, oh, can I have your autograph? Like, well, it wasn't right. And, oh, here, give it to us anyway. But he was dressed like a cowboy. So I still get a kick out of that. Him signing all them autographs. And he, was, he was spectating uh, He's like, no, I'm not. I didn't write tonight. I'm just here with Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> everybody still wanted his autograph. Yeah. Oh, jeez. There's a, yeah. another time I was with another buddy, and and this kid, he, them them ladies just gravitated to him, but he's a real shy, quiet guy. And anyways, we were there. I don't even know if we rode with each other there, but we was signing autographs or whatever after the deal and and this one lady she walks up and she goes are you 18 and he's like uh, yeah and she turns around and she looks back to her buddies and she's like guys he's a mate <laughs> I, I laugh you know it just embarrassed the shit out of him <laughs> oh golly 
<laughs> That's another deal I'll never forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Guys, he's of age. Uh, uh, game on. Yep. <laughs> that, that same buddy, we uh, we went to Little Rock, Arkansas one time for for bull riding down there. And I'm an 18-year-old kid that's never been much out of – at the time, I hadn't hardly been out of the state of Nebraska, let alone lived in Kansas where I went to college. So we meander over to Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, I didn't realize, you know, it's it's kind of dark over on that side. <laughs> and and I had a 1999 Cadillac DeVille. I mean, this car, I driving around, I probably fit in with some of them guys over there. <laughs> but I remember that same guy. We we stopped at a, a subway. We drove, you know, fairly late and, and got got there, you know at a decent time so he's gonna stop and get something to eat anyways we stop at subway and he orders a sandwich a chicken sandwich later on we get back on the road i said well you must not be real uh, superstitious he's like nope i'm not and i said he goes why is that and i said well you're the first person i've ever seen eat chicken before before he rode he looks at me just as serious as can be and he goes you ever seen a chicken fight? I said, well, yeah. He goes, they'll fight to their death. <laughs> that, was, that was all he said. Uh, so I, I, I quit giving people a hard time for eating chicken. <laughs> After that. Guy on DCL, man. <laughs> That's right. Oh, but he was. He was serious. Uh, well, yeah. Gee, that, what's that? that? Nope, go ahead. Oh, I was going to how long was you riding bulls? Because you was uh, uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, Rocky Mountains. Or, uh... y- yep, in the, in the PRC, I was the, I was, uh, the 2012 uh, Rookie of the Year for money earned. So that that was that was with the all the contestants. I mean, that's bareback riders, bronc riders, everything. I got lucky oh. that year, and I, uh, I, I win Greeley. I placed in, I think it was Casper. Uh, I won Crawford's rodeo, which that was also no, not that time I didn't because when the night the same day that I won Greeley, I tore my groin in Crawford. But the year before, I'd won Crawford, or maybe the year after, I can't remember for certain. And then uh, I had some I had some good luck out there that that season and. and I ended up coming into the circuit finals sitting, sitting second. And then after the circuit finals, the guy that was sitting third passed me. Then I ended up third that year oh, yeah. for the bull riding part of it. But they, them guys, they had luck, you know, probably Cheyenne and some of them bigger rodeos. Sure. But that was the first year I designated the mountain state circuit. Cause I was getting tired of them, them, rodeos with tornadoes and thunderstorms all the time and <laughs> yeah. and i traveled with a kid from colorado so that made more sense and i yeah. traveled with clayton savage that year and and, and pat geipel so we in it i tell you what them them mountain rodeos they was so much more fun it seemed like golly we it just the, the weather would seem like it was always good except laramie one year it snowed on us I'm thinking, man, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> or it rained. But yeah, other than other than Laramie, gosh dang we both of them other rodeos was good. I remember one year at uh, 
evergreen. I uh, I tell you what, that was it was kind of chilly that day. We uh, what we did it was in early June, so we went out there for the extreme bulls. Or maybe no, it wasn't either. They had a PBR, and so we went to the PBR like on a Thursday. Went back to North Platte on a Friday, and then went back to Evergreen that Saturday. And gosh dang, we'd we'd leave Colorado. It was cold, and then we'd get back to North Platte where it was hot, and then we'd go back <laughs> to where it was cold. I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. Yeah, but yeah, we did. We <laughs> put on a lot of miles. I bet that was that was fun. I remember the first year I went to Salinas, California. I didn't I didn't know it got cold out there. You know, I mean, it was like fifty degrees when we got out there. And Pat and I we we always had a tent and we'd stay in a tent and kind of save on motels. You know, and mm-hmm. in the car we was traveling in, he had we at that time we were using his car. And, oh, geez, it was. It was cold. I remember going to bed and waking up just shivering my ass off. And all I had was a light sweatshirt. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to take a big winter coat out there with me. Yeah. But I guess it's something with the tide, how it circles back in from, from like Alaska that way. So that's why that water is cold and that wind <laughs> pushes it out. But there's people, we had to go drive by the ocean, you know, so, but there's still people out there uh, surfing. I'm thinking, man, you guys are tough now yeah. way tougher than i'll ever be huh. i don't even like getting in the shower unless it's 80 degrees <laughs> yeah, I know. 90 you know it's like yeah. well, seeing everybody doing these ice ice baths now you've been seeing that i have you know i see see some of that on the old face box it's <clears throat> just yeah it's big me. on it's big on the tiktok thing but uh, apparently there's a hell of a lot of benefits to it. There's a guy from Wyoming that was talking about he had terrible back pain and hip pain and everything. And he started doing them ice baths like a year or two ago and pretty much took care of all of it. So. Oh, no kidding. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there like that. You know, there's like that grounding. You ever heard of that much? Like walking barefoot? Well, kind of, yeah. You know, but there's starting to be people run like I guess wire out to a rod outside and and then they'll sleep on, you know, they'll have it hooked to them somehow. And that's supposed to help with like arthritis and, and, and different chronic pains and whatnot. And, and it's help circulation. I I mean, there's, there's quite a bit, quite a bit on there on that. I bet it'd really warm your ass up there in a lightning storm. Oh yeah. That probably wouldn't be real good. <laughs> Hell, I'm still scared to even go use the bathroom while lightning's going on outside. <laughs> yeah. Let alone take a shower, you know, or something. Snaps or spurs, you never know what's going to get you. Oh. oh, yeah, you never do. Yep, you, you never do know when, when it's the old good Lord's time to pull your name out of the hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Run 100 yards down a mine shaft kill my uncle dead or in hell starting his <laughs> teeth together <laughs> yeah. uh, i remember we was when i was working in new mexico we was oh i was working for that slim alters he got that got a summer lease on the, they called it the old stanley ranch and it was over by ocate new mexico and gosh i want to say we were we were at like 68 or 7800 feet elevation I know it was high enough that there wasn't rattlesnakes. So 
sure enough we we'd get them summer storms i mean they'd just show up out of nowhere and you'd be riding through the timber man they just lightning all the way around you yes. i remember one day we had there was a big old storm that popped up and i mean come out of nowhere and i'm riding a bay horse that i had at the time he was he was he rode good he never he was never a bucker but he was kind of he's a little a little bit a uh, little bit weird on the ground and boy he gets to prancing around and kind of getting goofy on me and we're just long trotting through the through the trees trying to kind of get out of this deal and finally i mean i felt the old hair on my neck stand up and next thing you know pow and that lightning had to hit within 100 yards from us or if not closer and man i i tell you what uh, he takes off, and I couldn't hardly get him woed up. I'm thinking, man, I hope we don't get struck, you know. But I could just, I could even see as hard as the rain was right before that lightning hit, like the hair on my hands. Yeah. It was like standing up and on my back, my neck. And I mean, I was soaked already, but it was weird because it just, that you hair could feel just, it coming. Oh, man. Did and it, th- did I'm it knock sure him down? Didn't. No, it never did. Yeah. But boy, it sure scared the shit out of us. Yeah. And, I heard and then, uh... Go ahead. Well, we get about oh, probably about half a mile down the down the trail, and there's this huge uh, pine tree. I mean, it was big, big. It 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 got struck, and then you could see where it feathered down because it was, it kind of was one of the last trees into this little valley, and you could see where it spiderwebbed after it struck that tree, and it split that tree in half. And I mean, this tree's one of them big old. Uh, Oh, I can't even remember Ponderosa pines. You know, oh, yeah. we yeah. had a. I bet the. I bet it was six foot around. You know, at the at the base, but it kind of. I wouldn't say it split it, but you could see where the lightning had went down through it and then hit the ground and then feathered clear out. Spider webbed. I'm thinking, man, that's nuts. It just like, it just tore that ground up and just pulled that ground apart. Boy, yeah. uh, man, we we was pretty lucky that wasn't one of us. Yeah. Shoot that, uh, well, you know, Kyle Whitaker, Chip Whitaker, a little bit, you know. Uh, I, I see some of Kyle's daughters at some of these high school rodeos. Oh, sure, but I know he's helped, he, uh, he, he's been good about helping some of them high school kids in the bronc riding and helping yeah. them guys out. So that's the only way I know him. I don't, sure. you know, I don't know him real, real good, but well, Chip was telling me, his dad was telling me, oh, he's Brandon there, but anyway. They were, uh, uh, well, must, we must have got rained out or something. Everybody sitting around telling stories. But anyway, uh, he was talking about these moving cows one day. And he said uh, lightning struck. And it wasn't, must not have been too far away. But it knocked like four or five horses, just knocked them out cold. So it didn't really affect the cows so much. But just like all them horses dropped like they were dead. Oh, and shit. none of the guys got hurt or anything, but it said like half an hour later, all the horses kind of started coming back too, and it didn't hurt them. But they said that you know, horses are so much more sensitive to electricity that it just messed them up. Oof, I can believe it. That electricity, boy, it's it sure messed up a lot of people. I don't yeah. even like getting zapped by a hot fence. Yeah, no. I, I remember I was working for a guy riding pins on my well, it was on my first christmas break and and i was needing some interest fee money and whatnot so 
and it was one of these days it was it was probably probably warmed up to about 30 maybe 40 degrees and they had this gate set up in a corner but it hinged at the post so instead of having it hinge on you know that on the fence line to where a person you know you had to bend your horse back over in the corner and and get that gate right it was tight enough you know that and they were stingy on the chain it just barely it barely went around that next post and so i'm trying to pick up on this gate my and i'm riding a rum dumb anyways next thing i know like i reach over to grab this gate and it zaps the shit out of me but i (laughs) felt it hit right right on my calf muscle well it zapped that damn horse well he blows up and i fall off well I lose my, my, my boots still in my stirrup. <laughs> I had to walk clear over. And you think I could have got that horse to go over there? And, and <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't. And I, I, I did find my boot, though, so I was tickled about that. But, golly, I had to walk through mud clear up to my knee, and my sock was wet. And, oh, yeah. But I did have a pair of extras in the pickup, so well, there at least you go. I was good. Yeah, I thought, gosh, dang that horse! Cheap shotted me. All oh, them sectors. <laughs> yeah, they'll hit a they'll hit a hot water. I had that little bay horse in mind. He was just being an idiot, and he wouldn't cross. And I ended up like, oh, I was so damn mad. I I, I actually went in the house to grab my rifle. I was going to shoot that son of a bitch. I was so pissed <laughs> off. Like, I had, it was right before Curtis Gurney's Brandon. Oh, shoot. And I had all my horses there at the house, and and Chelsea had a little piece of shit stud horse that barely made it gilding. But anyway, so I had my mare. oh that little red roan. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> so I had my mare like in the crowd, and then I had everything else out of there. And anyway, them sucker Jasper is the bay, and he's an irritating old prick anyway. But uh. We go to jingle them in, you know, I just whistle them in 98% of the time. Well, that jackass decided that he wasn't going to let any horses in there that day. So he'd come right up to where that hot wire was for the gate, and then he'd turn everything back. So I'm like, oh, shit. Getting late for Brandon. I got to hurry up, threw my saddle on my mare and went out there. And I reached out and I roped old Pecos. (laughs) <laughs> and about the time we came tight, that bitch cut in two. And I mean, Chili walked me so freaking hard. Like, I, I made her a couple of jumps. Well, the problem was, when I had my coils, <clears throat> when she was bucking, my coil went down underneath my uh, cinch keeper. And then everything came tight. So then I had my two best horses, basically, tied together, just wrecking the shit out of each other. Oh, <laughs> oh. she take off one way and he take off the other and just roll her roll him and then roll her it's like ah and then on top of it her damn studs trying to ride her with my saddle on and oh man i was so pissed off and about get him in there and jasper turn everything around and i was so damn mad i went to the house i came out with my rifle i was gonna shoot that prick and Chelsea got me woed up, but that was probably the maddest I'd been. Like my two best horses just wrecking the hell out of each other, and that retarded stud. I mean, oh, I hated that horse anyway, but he's just out there making everything worse. And so, yeah. by, by the time we finally got everything gathered up and headed to 
the branding. I was in a lovely mood anyway, but yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I was pissed. Uh, well, but anyway, I guess going back to the electric fence thing, like that deal. But then I'll I'll talk to somebody that like rolls a horse trailer or something like that, and they'll get the horse out of there and get the trailer put back up and jump them right back in. Yep. Oh, and that's something. I remember when uh, when I was still working at the Wake Ranch, and they was that was that was you know with the original management when it was still pretty cowboyish. I remember we went out and we was, was going to go through the fall pairs or for, through the heavies, I guess. And, do a little pairing out and tagging and whatnot well anyways we had a big old rain come through and it washed kind of we had all them gates you could get horseback and stay you know stay stay mounted which was nice well this gate was already open and so miles goss was with me and he's riding kind of a pickle anyways that horse was gentle it was it was a horse that his wife had bought somewhere something i don't know how what the whole story was on this horse but anyways she's just walking along minding her business and all of a sudden she goes a step you know between this gate and i mean she spins around and like takes off she's headed back to the barn finally gets her stopped kind of by the barn and i i trot over there and i'm like geez what the hell got into her he's like well i don't know so by then i'm 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 right there with him and I mean, my horse no more steps at about the same spot, except my horse doesn't turn back. He he goes to hogging right <laughs> through the fence, and then he just stops and he freezes. I mean, he burrows up on me. I can't get him to go forward or backward. <laughs> I finally kind of get him broke loose in the hips, and I, I got his head bent, you know. I didn't want to fall off. I'm thinking, well, geez, that was weird. <laughs> well, pretty soon, Miles, he can't get his horse to ride through there. And I thought, well, shit, maybe if I – my horse already went through there. I'll just drive him back. Well, we didn't know there was an underground wire underneath oh. that. And that wire must have been shorted out. Well, <laughs> it was. Later on, we went and found out, well, it was damn hot wire underneath there. that It, it must have got corroded away or something. Well, the ground was still wet, you know, and it zapped Oh, horses. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you think we could have got them two back through there that day? Oh, yeah. We had to go around to another gate and then come back around from the south, which is pretty close, you know, a little cabin lot. And then we sure. we got, that was our afternoon project that day, fix All that right. deal up and add more <laughs> dirt on top where that water ran. Yeah. You know, how that sand will just disappear. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I thought, man, if that, I hope that never happens again. Yeah, I don't like electricity. Oof, no way. Man, I got... I got hit bad when I was in Oklahoma. I was riding with a gal. And just, I don't know, I might have had two or three rides on this mare. And um, just, well, she wasn't ponying me, but she was, you know, she was on her broke horse and I was on her. And she just kind of go out and ride and whatever. She's a pretty cute gal, too. So I was trying to be a cowboy. And uh, this mare, she, she kind of being an idiot and she'd go down the, to get a bite of grass every little bit you know so i'd whip her a little bit and kick her up and keep her going you know and and after a little bit i had about enough of that crap she did it again i just juiced her with my spurs <laughs> oh shit <laughs> we cut in two snorting and farting in the whole nine yards you know 
first I got this pretty gal right beside me, so I'm trying to stay on like like crazy and <laughs> and trying to be a hero and ended up a zero and oh, uh, man, she planted my head in the ground so damn hard and took off bucking and she she just about stopped and then she'd run through a damn hot wire and, and this gal her her stepdad had everything set up in rotational grazing like Oh. Uh, intensive grazing. So yeah. there's a damn hot wire every hundred yards, you know. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> she just about get slowed down enough to stop and she'd hit a hot wire and take off. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, I I remember I got to see my dad getting a big old wreck one time. Uh it was on the fourth of July and I was like eleven, twelve years old. I was I was fairly young, but we got done at Erickson's junior rodeo and we get home and we had plans. We was going to go watch fireworks in town or something like that. You know, the junior rodeo got over fairly early. Yeah. Well, on the answering machine, we had a, I had a practice bull that he kept getting out. And this sucker, he, I watched him one day and I couldn't figure out where he was getting out at. And finally I watched, we, we'd get him in and then he disappeared and we couldn't find him. Well, he'd get in with the neighbor's cows. He was a little Corianny bull, Corianny longhorn. And just as gentle as all get out, just go out there and buck and spin. And it just made a perfect practice bull for me, you know? And so anyways, but he was pretty elusive. Once he was out, he was gone. And, and he was, he was pretty near broke to lead, you know, he'd been roped enough. But anyways, sure. we find our neighbors call and say, Hey, that he's in this pasture, which is a couple miles from, from, kind of where our pasture ended and so we get over there with pickup trailer and we see him and so dad lines him out and as soon as he stands up they're kind of on his hog back and dad just no more stands up to rope this bull and they're kind of going at an angle and that bull runs through this hot fence that you know like a four or five wire hot fence well yeah. it's just dark i mean you, the sun was down but you could still kind of see some stuff well by the time dad couldn't even hold well, his horse up his horse ends up hitting it and just assholes him and i get over there i'm like holy shit you all right he's like yeah go, go get him because that bull hit the fence and bounced off and went back kind of towards the center of that pasture we were in and we finally ended up getting him caught well i got him caught and i'm like the hell do i do now <laughs> so I, I hollered at my dad and i finally kind of got that bull head over to, to where my dad was <laughs> And, and like I said, this bull had been roped enough. He was pretty pretty good about leading. I said, Dad, you all right? He's like, yeah, I think it broke some ribs. I said, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and his horse is like, you know, was, they're close. So he finally gets weaseled back up on him, and, and we finally get him loaded on the trailer. But, yeah, he, and I mean, it it worked out good because once we opened the trailer, that bull just walked right in. He was he was that gentle. but He's, he's probably like what 12 yeah oh, shit, he had to be <laughs> but you know I, no was, you i mean he, oh yeah i was i was pretty little yeah i was pretty little you know i yeah. i remember that he was riding riding he was actually riding my brother's yellow horse and so because we, we had just got back and we still had the horses up from, from that dang junior rodeo <laughs> how i caught him i have no idea that's probably <laughs> probably my luckiest catch you know oh yeah oh, man 
Oh shit! It was. <laughs> yeah, them old hot fences. They can. They oh, can yeah. be the shits. I was helping Jeff. I was helping Jeff out the other day, and we was supposed to sort this group of calves. And I guess these calves come in from Idaho. Super nice set, but they were pretty wild. Anyways, we're trying to sort them on foot, and I mean, there's no way. Well, we had to gather them out of the fin, out of the pen first, and. I was only supposed to just help sort, and Jeff said that he'd have them all in the corral, you know, because he's got them out on the, on a pivot on feed. Or well, it was, it was, but they have it fenced off, you know, like in different squares for different groups of cattle, and they're sure. for prime pursuits. Well, anyways, I am getting ready to leave the house, and Jeff calls. He's like, "Hey, bring your boots." And I was just being a smartass. I said, well, I already got my muck boots. He goes, no, like riding boots. I'm thinking, no, man. He's going to put me on one of his horses, which he's got some good horses. They can be a little bronchy at times. And like, oh, I wonder what he's going to put me on today, you know. And so we get over there, and there's there was like 500, just shy of 600 head in this pen. Well, we couldn't get them drove to the corner. I mean, we could get them over there, and then they just all run back. And, and there's about three of these, these calves I mean, they was wild. They'd pick their heads up and just run off the other direction. Well, I told Jeff, I said, I bet you we're, we're going to have to rope that one. So we circled him a few more times, and we just, you know, we took our time, but it was getting late enough, you know. We, we had other shit we had to still sort and do. And, yeah. And uh, finally, we get them mainly in, most of them in except these three. And so we go gather these three again. And, and they, they're probably all, only in, like, 20 20 acre lots maybe not nothing real big maybe 30 acres but we go to <clears throat> gather this wild sucker and i stand up and i want to rope rope the one because we got the other two in finally and that one that kept breaking off you know he's i was like well shit we might as well rope it so i i get ready and i i no more stand up and i throw my rope and i mean this horse just goes cut left and I was like, geez, Jeff, what the hell? He's like, well, nobody's ever ro- roped off that horse because he's <laughs> just a little four-year-old. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. That's so about then... a stout deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should have been broke, but they waited till they're four. Yeah. And I mean, this horse was nice. Don't get me wrong. And so Jeff, he lines the sucker out and he misses. He just barely misses. So I kind of rebuild and I'm kind of just tracking and. I'm just getting a little closer, a little closer, and I'm swinging, I'm swinging, and I no more get ready to stand up and rope this sucker. And cuts through and tries to go through this hot fence. Well, as it hit the hot fence, it just assholed this critter, and my horse kind of boogers, but I get close to him, and I go to rope this, because I wanted to catch it before it broke, went out in that pasture right next to that field or whatever, or that pin they were in, and I catch him by by a front foot because he's underneath the wires so i just got a hold of him and that old hot fence is just zapped him and this cat just bellering going every time it zapped him (laughs) so jeff he leads his horse over and his horse ain't real real wanting to get real close you know with with that calf thrashing around and his horse is just as greener greener yeah finally gets gets rope on his hind feet underneath the fence and then we get him pulled out well, as as Jeff's doing this, and his horse boogers and takes off while he's on the ground, heads <laughs> off to the other end of the the lot. So I had to wait for him to go 
go get go get his horse and he's like hell with it let's just log him back so we logged that critter clear back to the pen and oh, yeah. then, he was, then he was good <laughs> yeah but it's amazing how how good them suckers will sled off with wet ground and and two horses half-ass running off <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just had to make sure that it didn't wipe my leg off on the gate. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was, oh, that was pretty wild. Why the hell would you rope a cow on a colt? Because they can't buck near as hard. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I could still fall off of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I've, I've probably fell off more horses and bulls than anybody I know. Oh yeah, you probably rode more too, though. <laughs> oh, I have been on a few. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> not not near as much here lately, where I've been mainly trimming and shoeing. That's kind of my main source of income now. But I just oh, riding yeah. my own, just my own now. That's probably pretty nice. Yeah, you know, trying to pedal a few once or twice a year. Sure. Well, and you got I got that. that... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I said, oh, you got that wife there that makes everything dog gentle, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. She can get one gentle. She can get one to ride around, too. Oh, yeah. She, she probably does a better job because she, she makes them do it right. I kind of just ride them and use them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of steps I miss, especially on the groundwork part. I try to get them to ride pretty good. She can get them. She can get them to ride and she can get them gentle on the ground. Oh, yeah. It's because they're picky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which ain't all bad, though. No. Uh-uh. There's some really good women that are way better horse women than most guys are. That's for damn sure. Yeah. They, they take their time and do it right. Yeah. You know, I'd hate to know how many horses have farted me off because I skipped some of them steps on the ground. Oh, yeah. Or got oh, kicked like... getting on and off or yeah, silly that's cool. things. When you're, when you're cowboying, though, it's kind of, you know, maybe one or two rides in a round pen and one or two in the arena, and then it's pretty well go gather cows, or that's how I was anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, get them out and get them. You know, if a guy can kick that hip around and get him kind of soft yeah. in the face, going left and right, you know that that you sure can... makes a big difference. Well, you know? people give you hell for cowboy and a horse. Well, I mean, you got to get the job done one way or the other. So, yeah, <laughs> like you, you can dick around for a month in the round pen, or you can go get something done on them. They learn a lot more when they're actually doing something, and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If their feet are moving and their mind's working, that's, that's when it seems like they're, they're learning, you know, I, I, and everybody and this horse deal, we could talk about this for hours upon hours upon hours, but everybody is different with their horses, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it boils down to what works best for each person. I mean, there's enough of these different horse trainers and they've got their different methods and whatnot, but you know, anymore, there's a lot of things I do different now than I did 10 years ago. Well, I think that's with anything that you do, though. Like, I just got going on this saddle here. I started it like three years ago, and then the gal put the halt on it. So I just started on it again, and I'm looking, at it, I was like, who's the retard to put this together? 
you oh, know, yeah, I mean, and it's only been a handful of saddles since that one. But every everything that you do, every horse that you ride, you get a little bit better and a little bit more experience. So, yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, that is for dang sure. Well, I think you know. a lot of people forget, too, is, well, this is how you should do it. And this is how so-and-so does it and blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing is, it ain't no different raising your kids. Oh, yeah. You know, if you if you spank your kids before you get to Walmart, you have a little better outcome. But yep. some people don't do that, so you're not going to talk them into a different way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Oh, I you know, and I see a lot of this going around trimming and chewing horses. I mean, oh yeah, you can you can show up to a place and just how them people lead them horses to you, yep. or or if you watch them catch them, how them horses are going to act. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, I've been nailed more by them gentle, quiet, oh, yeah. spoiled horses than anything yep. else. I remember there was a guy that he calls me up and he goes, hey, I got this horse I need you to trim and, and a pony. and No big deal. And I have I did them horses for about a year, you know, and he's on, say, an eight-week schedule. Well, he, he ends up not calling me for a while. So I thought, well, hell, no big deal. Well, then he calls me back. Oh God, I forgot to give you a shout about trimming this this horse and this pony. You be be careful with that pony. You know the pony's wild and this and that, and pretty ornery. But the mare, you know, she's good and whatnot. So, sure enough, I get over there, and I get this pony trimmed, and no big deal. And I start in on this mare. Well, this guy had this mare tied up, and it was at an old backgrounding lot, where it was at, in that old processing barn. That's kind of where where they kept the grain and whatnot and their tack and anyways he had this mare tied pretty high and she was bad about pawing the ground you know kind of a spoiled thing but i didn't think nothing of it you know and, and i i start in on this front foot and this mare goes to pull back and she throws herself down while she was still tied pretty short pretty high so when she in in that that continuous fence had uh steel sheeting on 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 part of it but the bottom you know between the bottom two bars there's nothing she had all all three she had three feet sticking through that deal so i just walk over there and i let her choke out for a little bit because that halter come up underneath her jaw and like well maybe this will teach her something i just walk over and I, i cut that lead rope right there just real close you know that way i could reuse it again and i get her caught and she was good and so this next time i just loop it around the around the bars and i should have known better you know but i was still pretty green you know shooing for the public at that time i go to finish this foot and she just stood great and i go to grab this hind foot and i know more and get it cradled in my legs and she goes to pull back and she just tips over backwards well she wasn't tied solid so she went all the way over i'm like what the hell and so i catch her up i'm like what the hell got into her you know sure enough take and tie her back up same thing while she goes pull back and and i just kind of just let go well she didn't get loose from me that time so then i picked that leg up and she goes to pull away with her hind leg and she she got away from me well then she kicks me right behind my thigh kind of below my ass cheek 
and it just took my legs out from underneath of me. Well, when it did that, she goes pull back. Well, she just tipped straight over backwards, and she lands right next to me. And while she's scrambling to get up, you know, she just pushes me away from her. I'm thinking, what the hell? So I just kicked her hip around because this mare's always been good, always. And after that little deal, then she stood great, and I got her trimmed. And I was like, what the shit? You know what? But I guess horses have their bad days too. <laughs> you know and, and i was pretty ignorant at the time i should have known better i should have shouldn't have let her i shouldn't have got started on her while she was tied real high like that but you know back then i thought i i thought i could get underneath anything but i i probably had too big of an ego anyways yeah. you know but yeah after after we we had to shoot some of them horses there when I was working in Texas, I mean, we was, we had to sling some iron on some dragons. I mean, there were some of them <laughs> horses that was five, six years old that only had eight or nine rides that had only been handled just a handful of times that we, sure. once we got them going good enough, you know, then they were on the payroll and, and, and that guy that, that we worked for, I mean, that was, that was damn sure a cowboy outfit. That, that was old slam. No, that was where Slim was wintering at. That's when Slim was helping us on the ranch. Or oh, helping you. us ride them, them colts. And then later on that next summer, he had called me. Well, no, the only reason I ended up going back is I'd been working at the Wake Ranch. And while I was down there in Texas, I get a phone call from one of my coworkers. And he said they'd, the, the owner had... Uh, turned the ranch over to his nephew and his nephew fired our original boss and so he wasn't our boss no more and this this other guy I mean he was a creep <laughs> he was going to be our new boss so I ended up I I was there for 14 days and I I couldn't handle it no more I quit and and, and Slim happened to just call me about about two weeks after that and i was just day working and riding pins and and helping different ranchers and whatnot and, and then going to the sale barn and he calls me and he's like hey you want to go work in the high country well i was thinking new mexico like you know kind of kind of the same kind of country we were at when i was in texas you know just kind of deserty kind of ground well mm -hmm. little did i know i get there and shit there's still snow and snow up there <laughs> but yeah no i'm glad i did that that was fun you know there's yeah it was just slim and i we had uh 1200 head on about i think there's like 97,000 acres there Jeez. just him and me and yeah there's we did a lot of riding oh yeah cow. i mean a lot of riding but it was fun you know i learned a lot learned a lot of what not to do yep you know, I mean, kind of, and, and I ended up getting six head of them horses that, that, uh, come off that ranch and I got them going. Cause I was needing horses, you know, that backside of the ranch is about 25 miles and, and you couldn't get a trailer up there. So we, we just take little groups of cows at a time up to the, well, we called it Ortega Springs and over there that was, it was on the trail because we could get a side-by-side -side back in there and that's what we we ended up well we started started out packing salt and mineral but some of them horses they you know you could only 
go so far in a day with only so many bags of salt, you know, and we could yeah. take three, three pack horses and, and some of them horses, they was okay to, okay to ride. They was just kind of tough to pack. <laughs> and so we we decided we could, we wasn't keeping up with salt and mineral so we ended up well i didn't slim he bought a side by side and we could we could haul like oh shit probably 20 bags of salt at a time sure and and that was a lot faster yeah but man talk about rough but on on the trip deal if you take the roads, that was it was right at 25 miles. Yeah, one way. So we had a lot of, well, shit, 50, 60, 70 mile days probably. You know. Oh yeah. Count going around different things and. Oh, you yeah. know, it was it was pretty wild. Well, and gosh, we we got them horses from from Texas and we kicked them out with where our horses was about two or three days after we get them over there. The hell are you doing? And. Uh, they ended up getting getting out. They they just went through some rough country. I mean, there was some of that stuff that didn't even have a fence, you know. But they got weaseled out of there. And gosh, we was looking for them for about a week. So we'd go do our cowboying in the, during the day. We'd get home, and then we'd start trying to track where they were. And we ended up finally getting them found. But boy, we we had a lot of days where we was leaving. You know, about five, six o'clock in the morning, and get home about five, six, seven, eight at night, and then go tack up new horses and go find our renegades that took off. (laughs) But we ended up getting all them horses sold to the the RO ranch in Arizona. Come, they was needing some horses, so they ended up taking them horses that I had, and then uh, the guy that owned them, he had. He still had another 10 or so that we had started earlier that year that they ended up buying. And I think they got along pretty good with them. Yeah. Well, there's two of them that they couldn't, that, that I don't think worked out. But we had one that, oh, geez, we called him, I think we called him Sweet Brown, you know, off that, that video of that lady that, you know, was, was talking about that fire, you know, that it's a, it's one of them YouTube videos or videos on the Facebook. It's like, oh, no, there's a fire. She's cooking and cleaning. Well, anyways, we just seen that video the day before, and this horse, and how he got how he got his name. We'd watch that video, but it was after that sucker kicked me. We would ride him and get him aired out first because he didn't buck, but he was treacherous on the ground. He was bad about kicking and striking. Well, we'd do our groundwork after we'd ride him and get him aired out. And so I'm just sending him, you know, trying to get him to kind of send him through gates and whatnot. Well, I was just trying to get him gentle down and fiddle farting around with him before we unsaddled him. And I hollered at Ty, I said, hey, Ty, look at this. I can get him to go right between me and the fence. No problem. And he's like, oh, geez, that's good. Because, I mean, this horse, he, he didn't like people in his, play, in, his, in his space, you know. He had a big old bubble. And uh, he'd already jumped out of the round pin, you know, when we first kind of got him gathered and started to ride him. And uh, anyways, this is about the fourth or fifth ride on this colt, and I thought he was doing pretty good. I said, hey, watch this. And I sent him through, and I said, see, he's doing pretty good. And I walked up, and I I, I go to pet him on the, right on the jaw. I was kind of standing in front of his left shoulder, and I know more than 
touched him on the shoulder and worked my way up his neck and went to go touch him on the jaw. And this sucker jumped forward so fast and cow kicks me. <laughs> I mean, just laid me down. <laughs> and he's like, dude, old sweet brown got you down. <laughs> so that's how, how that horse got his name yeah. between the video and him saying sweet brown got me down. <laughs> Since you remember that old Comanche horse I had? Was that the gray? That's a sorrow. Pecos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. sorrow horse. Like, he's a, he's a bad dude, but like, he was just... He's a one-man horse, you know, and, and when I got him, he tried to paw your head off, and and nobody could catch him but me. Like, he, he trusted me, and that was it. Mm. So, <laughs> this I, hell, he had to been five or six by this time, you know, and my brother's riding with me, you know, just about every day, and it wasn't like he didn't know him. Well, I just got a new rope, and he grabbed it, and he's fiddle-farting around, and and he went to go slap it up over my horn, and he went to do that. Old Comanche and cow kicked him. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> like, well, you just you just gotta give him space. Like, I can do anything with him. <laughs> like, oh, you can't help my aunt. She couldn't even lead him out of the trailer. He just stand there. And, oh jeez. Oh man, I got a thousand stories with that damn horse, but <laughs> yeah. It was, it's like some of them horses, they just have their bubble, and some of them are just one-man horse. Like, except he might strike you or paw you or kick you or whatever. Oh, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't me, but but I remember. that's the only horse that I trusted when Chelsea was pregnant. That's the only horse that I trusted her to ride because I knew he'd take care of her. But like, he's just one of them one-man horses that oh. – she got along with him. It was like once once he got to trust you, then you was sucker go through fire for you. But <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so that reminds me. There's a colt that I drove for. I was when I was working for Shane Pollard over there, but Purdom. I I was working there in the summers, and then on on my weekends off, I was like thirteen, fourteen. And anyways, we had this colt that. He was he was good to ride. He was just a little weird on the ground, kind of a little hammer-headed Hancock's what he was. But anyways, we no more get these cows moved, and we had a pretty big day, and this colt was pretty young yet. He's still just a three-year-old. Anyways, Shane, he comes riding up next to him. He's like, oh, you think you'll make a pickup horse? I said, I don't know. And I mean, just, <laughs> just then, he crashes into me while this horse just jumps up and cow kicks him. Catches him on the foot right in front of his throat. <laughs> breaks his foot. Oh, he was mad. He's I'm going to beat this up a bit. I said, geez, Shane, it wasn't his fault. I mean, hell, he's just walking along, and then you just crash right into him. He's just fighting back. Hell, I'd probably hit somebody, too, if they just hit me out of nowhere. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was mad. Shit. Uh, that Jasper horse, that's... Out of all the horses I've ever rode in my life, that is the horse that has the most character. Like, he's just a... he He's a full-size pony, basically. He's an asshole. <laughs> but he, like, he's, he's a good, and he's super smart, like, open gates and everything, and like, I taught him how to bow, and, like, he's really smart. But <laughs> instead of using his smarts for good, he uses them to be a dick. It's like, yeah. like, you, uh-huh. like, I'd be a doctor in yearlings, and, you know, you kind of shake out a loop and kind of get it swinging back and forth and get a long shot. 
I'd have a couple coils, and about the time I swing and stand in my stirrup, that sucker, he'd, he'd switch his tail out and knock my damn loop down. Like, oh, every damn time, my brother was giving me shit because I couldn't ever catch anything. And I was like, it's not me. It's this asshole horse. And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. I was like, watch, watch. So I sit there, and I'm swinging and swinging, and, and I go stand in my stirrups to throw, and that sucker switch his tail out and knocks my loop down. I was like, see? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. oh, he was always doing crap like that but oh so <laughs> it, when i how oh, i had he was pretty young yet three or four i suppose and, and we was hit, taking everything down south and ronnie pelster being <laughs> oh, a typical yeah he's being a typical ron just being a peckerhead and, <laughs> and he'd ride up and like grab my bridle and pull it off and and ride behind us and grab his tail and try to dally onto his tail or pull tail hairs out or just being a peckerhead all day long. So we ended up, we had to brand over, over west there somewhere. So we camped at, at Pelster's outfit there that night. So I put old Jasper in the, in the stall. Uh-huh. <laughs> and being Jasper, he got the stall door open. But then he didn't stop there. He went to the tack room, got the tack room door open, went in. He got Ron's saddle, his saddle blanket, and his bridle, <laughs> drug it out in the middle, and walked all over it, shit on his saddle, <laughs> threw shit everywhere. Didn't touch anybody else's stuff, though. It was all just Ron. Oh, karma sucks. Oh, yeah. We go out the next morning. Then we slide open the door, and here's old Jasper just standing, like, right over top of Ronnie's saddle, you know. And Ron's all sorts of pissed off. And I was like, well, Ron, maybe you shouldn't have been an asshole. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I can see old Ron doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what he was What the hell do that? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I hadn't seen old Ron for a while. Boy, I haven't either. Yeah. I don't think he's as wild as he used to be. No? Did he quit drinking? No, he still drinks. Oh, is he? Okay. Well, gosh, I guess I don't know. I wouldn't think that he did, but I don't know for sure. I don't know. He'd go on spurts. He'd quit for a year or so. and I think he's got a pretty good job where he's at now. I don't think he... Uh, He's still up there for working for Schweitzer's. Hell, he's been there forever. Oh, I thought he was on the 4R, I guess. No, he was, but hell, that guy that was running that deal, he, he could, it wasn't that Ron couldn't get along with the guy running the 4R, it was the guy, that guy was kind of a bad alcoholic, and, uh, and he was, you know, shit, he was getting paid manager wages, Ron was getting paid shit wages type of deal, and Ron was doing all the work. Oh, yeah. And so, Ron, he... Actually, Ron quit, and then uh, it wasn't about a week later that other guy got fired. So then oh. they then they tried to get Ron to come up, you know, to run it, and he's like, "No, nah, I ain't going back up there." Uh. But he's been he's been helping Switzers for quite a while now. I think he likes it pretty good. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think he's got gets good wages, has a house they pay for, and I'm sure he's got insurance and. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think he's I think he's doing pretty good. Don't got any squalls running around. No, no. Oh, you never know about Ron. No, who knows? 
Shitty might have one in three different towns around, but nobody'd ever know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still see Carl a bunch. He's always around. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get Carl on here, too. Oh, you need to. That'd be fun. Yeah. Get Carl and Brogan and uh, oh, yeah. Ty. I'll get him on here. Yeah, shoot old Ty. He's been helping me one day a week now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, he, he, uh, he quit his job where he was at, and now he's kind of starting up a little leather deal and making head stalls and, and oh whatever else spur straps and shit like that and sure. fixing, fixing some tack and then he rides pins one day a week at a backgrounding lot and then he's helping me on thursdays and then then he's him and his wife they got about 120 cows now and so he's taking care of them so yeah he's yeah. doing pretty good he's he yeah. uh he's renting renting a house from shears and and yeah, shit, he's doing pretty good. I think he likes it's it pretty good. good, anyways. And his wife, you know, she's got the ABB, uh, ABS. She's the ABS rep, so she does that. And then she also makes catalogs for, uh, oh, like different bull sales and horse sales. Sure. And then, then she's also got that website up where they're selling horses. Oh, with Jason Long, she's the one that, that uh, ended up building that deal. So. Yeah, I, I I forgot about that. She does. She builds a lot of websites, I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and she's she's good. I mean, what's I mean, her she's, uh, what's her handle or does she got Instagram or whatever? Give a plug her deal. You know, well, I don't know. I I her her deal is KTK Livestock Industries or something, but like uh, her, like Jason's. Uh, horse deal that's the online horse sale and she's the oh. one that, she's the one that ended up uh, building that website for him yeah she's right. she's pretty tech savvy oh yeah yeah that's i got a gal from south carolina doing all my crap she came out for a, a carving class last january and she's that's kind of what she does and yeah, I, there's no way that I could do all that crap. She's I just tell her what I want and she just does it and Oh, that makes yeah. it handy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But I gotta get a bunch of videos like chat making videos and crap like that. I need to try to get done and Oh yeah. There's just so much technology that I suck at. Like Oh, you know, I should be a lot better with technology, but I'm terrible. Yeah. I rely on my wife too much. She's She's good with phones and computers and calculators. Well, see, and that, stuff like that's that. my I can't problem. Hardly... That's what I... I always did, and then that deal went south. So now here I am trying to figure all this shit out on my own. Ugh. I hate I, to I admit it, but it I... up. You know, I, I figured I... it up the other day. I think that if I if I paid a gal to just like live in the basement. End up here, I guess, whatever, but like free housing, free food, free everything, pay them a salary. They do all the wife duties and they can't bitch at me for throwing a, a towel on the floor or not throwing my shit in the hamper uh, because I'm paying them to do it. No, you know how many shit. problems that would solve? Like, you, you, you gotta look into one of them women penitentiaries and see how many of them ladies oh, are almost yeah. for give, give, me, give me a pen pal. Yeah, I just tease, but that might work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get, get 
get out, get them out for work release. Yeah, no, I need, I need to find one that needs a green card. Like, how oh, how yeah, bad do you go. want the green card? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, no kidding. Oh, oh, that'd be wild. Oh, Larry Fonseca down there in Welch, Oklahoma. He, he's a good buddy of mine, but <laughs> I was down there and he's like, Yeah, you don't have a wife yet? Like, no, I sure don't. Oh, these American women, too much drama. So you go you go down home, man. You go with me. Like, we'll find you a good woman. Cook, clean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, her, that ain't no kidding. She then I went down there like a year or two ago. Of course, that was like ten years ago or so. And, and probably, well, hell, probably more than that now. But uh, went down there a year or so ago, and and his old lady left him, and all his shop help left him. Oh shit! No. <laughs> Had a little run of bad luck. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Larry, you can't treat him like shit all the time, I guess. But. <laughs> Uh, oh man that was so much fun we'd go up up there of course i was going to school down there so i'd bring up a whole you know trade bag you know fifteen hundred two hundred two thousand dollars worth of trade stuff and we'd go up there and drink tequila and roast the goat underground and oh man his wife and all her sisters would bring homemade tortillas and Oh, man. oh gosh, all the fixings. Oh man, it was good. Oh yeah. Nothing nothing beats some of that good old Mexican food. Oh man. yeah. See, yeah, I went down there sure. last must have been last summer. Two years anyway. Went down there and and uh oh man, I haven't seen old Larry for a long time. Better whip in here and see how he's getting along and it's like nine, ten o'clock in the morning. He's ah come up here, I wanna show you all this stuff and all right, so we go up there and he grabs a keystone and sits it on the table and opens it. I was like, shit, Larry, I got to get going, man. Like, I still got to make it back. No, no, you have one with me. We haven't seen you forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Three days later, I finally leave. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh... Oh, we had a good old time, though. Oh, man. To be that young again and not have a worry in the world. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was a good time. I hadn't seen him forever. Boys were there at last time I seen them. Shoot, it was. Oof. What the hell was it? 2010, I guess. Oh man. Getting on the years, 12 years, 13 years ago. Yeah, that's. Oof. Oh, geez. In a minute. Yeah, no kidding. You know, that's. The other day I was thinking, you know, I. I I seen something from I can't remember maybe uh, entries or something for one of these rodeos was up or something I'm like gosh dang I remember about ten years ago I'd have been there right now <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like but you know if it wasn't for that rodeo and cowboying I'd have never got to go see the world I mean yeah hell yeah. Not very many people can say they've got to go cowboy in Nebraska, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, New Mexico. Well, I guess I said New Mexico, Louisiana, California. I lived in California for a few months, and yeah, I, you know that country was awesome, but the people, the people sucked. Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, if it wasn't for rodeo and cowboy, and I did, there's no way I'd have been able to meet the connections that I have now. 
No. Hell, if it wasn't for rodeo, I'd have never met my wife. Yeah. You know, it's just... I guess when a person starts to get to a certain age, you know, they gravitate towards people that are like-minded and have the like, same interests, you know. And... Oh, yeah. Like, you think about it in high school. Shoot, my best friend. We was drinking beer and hunting coons every weekend and running from the law and everything else. And Gosh, I don't hardly ever talk to him. When I get back home, I'll go see him every once in a while, but. Yeah. But then all my cowboy friends, you know, well, just like you, shit, we grew up together. And yeah, still shit, talk to you quite a bit. Forever. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, hell, that's like the other day I got to, I, I got to judge my my first PBR bull team the other day. So we had that that storm, and I get a phone call. Well, I had a missed call that night because I was in bed. But that next morning, I listened to this voicemail, and it was a guy I know that puts his pbr on and carney he's like hey we need a judge one of these other judges got snowed in somewhere missed his flight i'm like well shit i don't even have my pbr card or nothing well i got by not having to have it because all i was doing was judging the bulls and so he i call him back and i'm like hey yeah i said i i said i don't know if i'm ready for something like that you know because i've only been doing this these amateur bull ridings and these NSRA and mid-states rodeos and high school rodeos, I guess coming on my third year now. And, well, I guess fourth year for a few of these high school rodeos. But, you know, it's like that that to me was fairly cool, being able to be called to go do something like that. And then I was within, like, the, the main bull judge. They Shit, they fly him all over. I mean, he was telling me how he's got to go to, like, North Carolina the week after New Year's, and then he's got to be over in California for a ABBI deal and a dummy buck and futurity deal. And, I mean, he gets paid good to just – and he's got a regular job during the week, but he's like, I, I've been doing this since 2009. And he goes, there ain't, there ain't very many judges around anymore, you know. And that judging deal, it's got me a lot more – connections and stuff too and oh i bet I, I i went to my first prca judging clinic in november and man i tell you what there's anybody that wants to bitch about the nfr they they should go to a judging seminar oh yeah you know this this cowboy channel i tell you what it's been the best thing for the sport of rodeo but it's also kind of been tough for the judges too you know because it nobody's perfect you know yeah you know the guys that are good there's a reason they're at the nfr the guys that aren't that good you know they usually get their pencils broke or never get <laughs> to go to that caliber you know and right i don't know if i'll ever be at that caliber because it's i mean it's kind of a hard that prca deal you gotta go to so many rodeos and you really gotta put your time into it to be able to get the rodeo count and you know, and it pays just as good to do some of these amateur rodeos. Is that so, right? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I now these high school rodeos they're paying three hundred a day. These amateur rodeos they're paying close to thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a weekend. So <laughs> that's pretty good wages for for a couple two three days sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like like the mid states, you know, you get paid say two hundred fifty or three hundred a perf. And then you get your run money, which is like a dollar, 
or two dollars off of each contestant so if there's 100 contestants you get 50 dollars or uh, i mean you get a hundred dollars sure. on top of that so you <laughs> know it's they're they're making it to where it pays pretty good to judge but there's not a lot of people that want to do it well i think a lot of that comes from after the rodeo when everybody's bitching and moaning about what they got and you know, and I never thing... really done. I never done it, but you know, Dad's always judged. You know, obviously not like that, but ranch rodeos and junior rodeos, and it seems like there's always somebody going back to the trailer. Somebody's bitching about oh. something. You know, I think that's just in life in general with everything you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't. I tell you what, I some days i wonder if i'm more of a horseshoe or, or a goddamn uh, a shrink you know <laughs> yeah. I, I had people get to talking and whining about everything oh geez well that's too bad and, you yeah, know not bad. all people are like that i mean don't get me wrong but you get some people i think sometimes they just gotta let it out and they just start bullshitting and talking a little more and oh yeah it seems like there are a lot of people talk about people that bitch and uh, it, it seems to me like the the bitching thing is almost like a conversation starter for some people. I yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's like yep, they got right. they, they can't start a conversation with boy, my life so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they always you know? got to bring the negative. Oh, yeah, I'm broke. Or, oh, yeah, geez, my pickup tires flat. No yeah. late for work. And, uh, yeah. girlfriend broke up with me and kicked my dog on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Life's all about attitude. Oh, yeah. You're probably really the most is. positive person that I know. I try to be a lot like that. After the whole divorce and crap, it's, it, that's really helped me get through a lot of stuff. I had a bracelet made that said, be better, and everything that I did, you know, like, be a better that or you know whatever you're doing be a better saddle maker roper or whatever that i was doing at the time when i seen the bracelet it you know be better whatever it was man i've gave i i give quite a few of them away to different people that's in a rough patch and having a hard time and and i actually had a gal making them for me there for a while oh hell yeah Um, but it, it was pretty cool to hear some of the stories that i got back after that was like i heard stories from guys loading their gun and and seen that bracelet and talked themselves out of it you know and shit like that so it's a lot of that's just attitude really that oh god yeah you know if yeah that's that's biggest thing attitude's everything yeah you know a person can decide if they want to wake up and have a glorious day or they could wake up just mad at the world yeah you know and, and i know like when i was rodeoing that that right there is 90 percent mental i mean what's well, it because you, you, you was out there with gary lefew for a while wasn't you? yep yep yeah. and that's what that's what really helped me out that's that's actually when i was living out there in california gary's place and yeah yep. you know if it wasn't for that i mean my attitude would have been totally different. I'd went to a couple of the schools and and I just got out of high school and he offered me to come out there. I was like, well, hell yeah. So I caught a ride from a truck driver that was from Ord, Nebraska that was hauling meat scraps from uh, 
some packing house in Iowa. I rode out there. I had a clothes bag and my gear bag. And we go to the city of industry. And we was there about six, seven hours early. And then we hung out in line for the rest of the day. And then we take off and we go up to up by Santa Maria, which I was uh, where I was at was in Napoma, which would have been I'm pretty sure it's north. Just I mean, right along the coast to like another 15, 20 miles or however far it was. But he had to go to Santa Maria to pick up produce like strawberries and cabbage and shit like that to take back to Omaha. And oh. so I I got lucky, got a got a fr- pretty much a free ride out there. He didn't charge me nothing to ride out there with him. And then I had some buddies that was out there, and we had a pretty big lineup of rodeos to go to. So after I was there for a couple months, I mean, we, we headed back, and I went to rodeo on and. Geez, I never thought I'd ever be broke again. <laughs> you probably know, didn't feel that trucker full of shit or anything either while he's out there. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I tell you what, I think we talked the whole time out there. It was old Rod Viscurna. Oh, he's a hell of a nice guy. God, that was a fun trip. You did yeah, or you did? No, hell, I did. I, I, I rode out <laughs> yeah. there with Rod and yeah, I was, I mean, it was, it was, you know, and that was the first time I got to go furthest west I ever went was probably to, shit, probably the Nebraska line or something, you know, going yeah. to high school rodeos, but, you know, right out of high school, we, you know, I go out there and we ended up taking uh, I-80 clear out there. Oh, yeah. Or I-70, I can't remember for sure which one it was, but. Yeah, hell, we that was a good trip. I mean, it was fun. Oh, I was yeah. tired by the time we got out there, boy. When when he said he was going to take a nap, boy, I crashed too. So. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a neat neat little neat trip, anyways. Then he, then he dropped yeah. me off, and my buddies picked me up, and we went out to Gary's. And that's I worked. I didn't really work for him, but yeah, I did. I mean, we still had to do some ranch stuff and then uh, you know we we was also training out there and hell we even went to hollywood we we auditioned for a commercial then oh yeah had, oh yeah that was that was wild then uh, we ended up going to uh you know there was a guy from egypt or some red dot country he uh, <laughs> he he wanted he wanted to ride a bull, but he also went, uh, oh, shit, where they went parasailing, and then oh, they yeah. went buggy, sand dune buggy racing, and then he went, uh, uh, oh, did some kind of game hunting deal, and then, part, and this is all, this is like a TV show, oh, and yeah. so they, they showed up, and I had to get on a bull with a, uh, with a, oh, uh, video camera tape oh gopro deal yeah it was like a gopro this is before gopros were even a deal though we did that and you know was on that tv show in egypt that nobody could understand because they sent it to us (laughs) while we were out there which that i thought that was kind of crazy well that same bull that so they had him get on the mechanical bull too and uh, they strapped it to his head and they made it look like it was a real bull but Gary had that mechanical bull that they used in like eight seconds, and then oh. uh, Cowboy Up, that movie about that bull rider, 
and they used it for for commercial it was the same same mechanical bull what it was was uh they took a took a bull and in a uh had a taxidermist put it on a mechanical bull and right. i mean it looked real and so you know it looks like a real bull when it's bucking when you can't really pay attention to sure. it but, you know like when lane frost is hooked hung up on it on that oh yeah red rock yeah. bull that was that was a mechanical bull that they still have i mean they they still use it quite a bit that gary he's a pretty interesting guy that oh even you know shoot even when dad was rodeo and that was his big thing too is uh listening to his stuff and how it's so mental and everything that you do is a mental game and like he's a really interesting guy and everything that he does is just oh yeah i mean he could he could convince us that we could go fight muhammad ali and whip him and like he yeah. would get in your mind enough that you believed it i mean not only could he train us to ride bulls but man he trained our minds yeah i think you that's know? his biggest asset and even like i follow him on instagram and stuff and you know he'll he'll point out angles and this and that like the guy knows his shit and oh yeah the the mental aspect of it i don't know where he gets all of that from but it's pretty dang cool yeah you know he's hired some uh sports coaches and like mind coaches but it all boils down to that book that peak performance i mean oh yeah it's it's that that book right there i think that might be the only book that's in the pro rodeo hall of fame I'm sure there's probably others in there too, but yeah. I know that peak performance, that's, or uh, cycle, sorry, cycle cybernetics. That's a book. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, one dad talked about. Yeah. yeah cycle cybernetics. I mean, that's one that real. I, I read them both, but yeah, I mean, and I should read it. I mean, it's one of them books. A person needs to keep reading it too. Cause if you yep. don't, then you, you know, a person starts getting dull, but if you keep reading it, you stay sharp and and there are so many positive thinking books there's and a person should read them you know i mean it's good for everybody yeah now now i would highly recommend the new cycle cybernetics because the old one's got terms in there that i'd have to get on the old google web and (laughs) figure out what they was called you know for sure or not what it's called, but the definition to figure it out. Whereas right. new cycle yeah. cybernetics, that's a lot easier. A little dumbed down for us. E- yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. Hey, you tell know, us about... Uh, no, go ahead. No, I, I, no, I was just going to say, I've had a lot of buddies that, that that have read it, and that's changed their lives. and just just makes everything easier and better. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's a... It's everything you do is a mind game. Oh yeah, hell, just getting up in the morning and put your shoes on. It's like, oh man, you know, <laughs> you can either be pissed off about it or you can be like, oh man, this will be fast and my day's gonna be smooth and you know, I and I don't do it like I should. I need to start setting goals again and having them wrote down and reading them because then yeah. you start thinking about it and then your your subconscious mind starts taking over. You know, that's something that I got to do in the shop, too. Is all, Just like today, I wrote down all of my orders, and then I can put it on the wall. And then every time I walk by there, I can see, like, I got stuff to do. This is, you know, th- I can do this, this, and this. And I have marker boards all over on what I can do today. And it's like, 
I have to do that. Otherwise, I just get in the uh, rut, I guess. You know, like, well, I need leather for this or that. Or, you know, it's, and it's hard when people are after you wanting you to get stuff done or asking you every week is like, oh, did you get this done or did you get that done or how's this project going? No hurry. Just, yeah. Are, are you started on yeah. it yet? It's like, yeah, take your shit, time, you but know? hurry every chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need it next week, but no hurry. It's like, oh, shit. I get... Yep. So. But... Well, in this day and age, everybody wants it now. Yeah. And and, and and that's like when I was getting healed up from when I had my hip replaced when I went and worked for you. That give me a whole new respect on it because you ain't going to go out and just make a set of taps and then turn around and make a set of reins and then make a a fancy head stall with tooling on it and then turn around and make a set of shotguns. You're going to cut out your leather for three or four sets of shotguns and some chinks. And then whenever you get all your patterns cut out, then, then you're going to spend all that time at the sewing machine. And then later on, when you get that done, you'll start cutting leather out for your reins and your yep. head stalls and, and people don't realize that no you you gotta if you want to make money out you have to do everything in batches yep and and people most of the time don't understand that They're like well how far out are you on shotguns and I'll be, well i tell everybody at least a year because i know it's going to be at least that most of the time but I can usually get it in before that. It just depends on if I'm going to be working on saddles for two or three months, or if I'm going to be working on shafts for two or three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in hobbles or belts or pulling collars or anything like that. Like, well, how far out are you? Well, I might be starting a batch next week, or I might be starting a batch eight months from now. It just yep. depends on how many I have. And, it doesn't make me any money at all to do one at a time. I got to do six or 12 to make yeah, some money. Exactly. Out of it. Yep. Well, I know it. Well, I know it now that I went and worked and helped you, you know? Yeah. Yep. Not, that's you know, not that's, much fun. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't run a knife like you could or I, you know, on the tooling part of it, I got to where, you know, you showed me how to start doing some of the stamping and that part was fairly, I shouldn't say easy, but hell of a lot easier than the tooling part. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got pretty good at running the sewing machine for you. Well, yeah. you know, cause I was doing all the, you know, helping you with the repairs. You could, yeah. you know, by the time I got done shit, you could tell me how to do it. And then I could, you know, I did it enough. I figured out what to do. Yeah. You know, and, and then, like, on them taps, I mean, I couldn't, obviously couldn't tool anything on the taps on the, on the bottom parts, but, you know, I could, I could do the, do that French braid or whatever it was called. Yeah. yeah. Put, put them together and, you know. Yeah, you know, most of that stuff, it's not that difficult. It just takes damn much time. Oh, yeah. Yep. You ain't a kidding. And, and it's one of them deals, the more time you put into it the better it looks yeah the guy could hustle through it and boy it ain't gonna look real good compared to beveling edges and you know the little finer things that nobody realizes oh yeah 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 They're just well and i think shafts is a big thing that people don't understand how much like just a you know two degrees on a, a piece can make a huge difference on how they fit 
Oh, yeah. yeah. People just look at the pretty colors and, oh, those are awesome because they're turquoise or whatever. Like, yeah, those don't fit worth a shit. Oh. But they're pretty I, colors, you know. Yep. I don't know. It's still going to take somebody pretty handy to get a pair nicer than mine. <laughs> yeah. Man, I still wish I could have entered them and shared in. Oh, oh God. I'm going to do something else, but, but yeah, those are pretty damn cool. Uh, I, if, if there's any chance of rain or even, well, I won't even wear them at the sale barn. I mean, I don't even <laughs> want to get dust in the tooling. Those are fancy. Those are you know that, cool. and, and I mean, I wear them, I, I just mainly wear them like in the springtime when, when I, when it's not too cold for them heavy shafts of mine, but when it's kind of kind of them warmer days and or or if it's real windy if i'm riding something if i'm riding a piss head that's kind of boogery yeah you know i've 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 fell off enough <laughs> with my shafts flying around you know it's like, yeah. Well, yeah and i um i shouldn't say i'm too crippled up but i don't hardly hit the ground like i used to i mean you know i kind of i kind of lay there and it's like gosh dang i'll get up still but i know i feel it for about two or three days afterwards yeah yeah that's it me and uh old russ we talk about all the time that that gray horse old pecos you know he's like he just has to buck in the morning that's just his deal i mean he has to do it uh, i used to crawl on him and man that was just the way to get the day started it was a lot of fun you know and oh yeah. oh yeah now I'll let him do that shit in the round pen. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of getting to be a pussy, and then I got to think. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling it self preservation because I'm <laughs> yep. older, I'm fatter, I can't get up as fast as I used to be able to, and I damn sure ain't as fast in the saddle. Like my mind can think of what I need to be doing, but it's the slow motion don't come as easy as it used to. You know what I mean? Like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's like bam, bam, and then you're like, "What the hell just happened?" And before you could do that and slow everything down and like start scratching one and shit. And yep, I I remember I I remember this as it was yesterday. It was right when Ty and I went down to down to Texas, and and so (laughs) that Ryan Wash guy that owned had the place leased or whatever that owned the horses. He's like, yeah, Slim's going to help you guys out. And Slim, he kind of wore a shorter-brimmed hat, and he had a big old mustache and just a skinny guy and didn't say much. So the next day, we built two round pins, and then the third day, or, well, I guess it would have been the second day, we were, the second full day we were down there, we get some of these horses wrangled up. Well, there's two five-year-olds that had been halter broke, so they were the gentlest, gentlest ones of the group. So... Ty and, and Slim, they went to the round pin, to one round pin, and Slim's in there horseback. And this is before we we knew that he'd went and worked on all these ranches. I mean, literally from Texas to California to Montana. I mean, he, he's he been everywhere. And, and then got to go work for Ray. Well, he all he was doing was just sizing us up seeing what we knew <laughs> yeah. well i get this big five-year-old and i finally get this saddle and i 
And I mean, when I say sneak it on, I got it snuck on him. I just <laughs> eased it up on him. And when I kicked him loose, you know, to get aired out, I didn't think he bucked too hard. I was like, oh, hell, he'll be easy. Well, I get him kind of aired up. And I said, hey, Slim, what, what do I do now? He goes, I just keep preparing him. I'm like, what the hell, preparing him? What, you know, I, I was getting tired of it. Because I'm used to riding some of these twos and three-year-olds up here and some four-year-olds, but that were at least a little more gentle down, you know. Yeah. And and I, I thought, well, finally, I said, you know, this horse is aired out. I better just get on him before he catches his air. So I stepped, I said, Slim, what should I do now? I aired him out and I got him kind of where I was lunging him a little bit after I got him kind of caught and I got him backing up and kind of flexing on the ground side to side. But, you know, I, I mean, I skipped a lot of steps. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of steps. And he goes, I'll do whatever you think, but just keep preparing him. So I climb in the middle of him and I've got a night latch on my, and that was probably the last time I've ever used a night latch was that day. So anyways, this horse I get on him, and I'm like, all right, big guy, let's see what you got, you know, and I pull him around, and I'm trying to pull him, I, and he ain't moving. He's just, just <laughs> stuck still. Yeah. And I'm Braced kind of bumping him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I start to kind of bump him, and then I bump him a little more, and I, I mean, I'm bumping him, and he's not going forward. I can't get him to move his hind end around. I mean, nothing. And that's the first saddle that horse ever had. And he's five, so he's a little bit bigger, tougher, and stronger than most. And damn sure a lot bigger than anything up home. The only thing I had going for me was he was, you know, they were fairly thin, you know, because they'd been sure. on the desert there. And I finally, I heard back and I kicked him in the belly and he shot straight up. And I mean, it's, I swear he bucked for 30 minutes, but he, <laughs> the only, the only reason I got him road is because he bucked so hard because he's just getting so much air. Yeah. You know, he'd, yep. he'd hit and he'd go straight up and he'd come down and he'd go straight yep. up. And I was wearing a light blue Wrangler Pearl snap shirt and my, and then I, I just had regular jeans on. I didn't have my jeans or nothing on because it was hot down there for, for January, probably probably 65 degrees you know and when we left nebraska it was 13 below that day so sure enough this horse goes to bucking and he bucks and he bucks and he, i'm like god is he ever gonna stop and finally when he quit bucking it looked like i got stabbed in the stomach i had peeled all the hide off my knuckles <laughs> on my hand from hitting you know hitting my yeah. smells yeah and and then sure enough, it was all over my jeans and all over my shirt. And I mean, I'm out of air. But I, back then, you know, I was young and pretty. I, shit, I thought I was in fairly good shape, you know. Yeah. Because I just, that year before is when I quit rodeoing. So I was still, still young. and I could still move my hip. That was kind of the reason why I quit rodeoing. Because my hip was getting bad on me and it'd kind of yeah. lock up. But I got that horse run. I'm thinking, man. We still got thirty some horses to start, and this is the gen. And if this is the gentlest one, boy, I'm a deep shit, you know. Yeah. And I get this horse to where he's moving out finally, and I got him loping both directions. I and I get get him stopped in in the middle of the round pin. And I'm kind of just pulling his nose around, nothing spectacular, but I get off of him and I say, "Slim, what do I do now?" He's like, "Well." That's pretty good ride. Let's not make that a habit or you're going to die. <laughs> I'm like, oh, better listen. And that was the last horse 
I, I had a couple other horses try to buck with me, but we had them soft and gentle enough that we got them woed up and, you know, we got yeah. them stopped before they ever took advantage of us yeah. ever since. And I mean, I have been drilled on my head way too many more times. Than oh, yeah. At least I had a different way of going about it, you know. Yeah, I had one. I was young. I wasn't pretty like you, but I was young anyway. <laughs> well, I am pretty. <laughs> and, uh, I went over. I was day working over Easter, and, and uh, it's for my good buddy. And and anyway, we actually border their ranch, and so I get over there, and and I was riding a really green horse, and and we end up. It was just a complete farmer shit show, you know. And, and they had a cow get out of the chute. So I just roped her and, and wrapped her up and knocked her down, you know, so they could do whatever the hell they was doing. I don't even remember what. Anyway, <laughs> the old old fart, he, he told me, he was really dry. And he's like, uh, there's some cows that came through there with horns. And he came to me straight face as hell. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's how we know all. Purebreds and purebred Angus have horns like that. Didn't you know that? I was like, <laughs> "What?" And you don't want to laugh at the guy. He's hell. He's seventy years old. You know, he he knows he's shit, and they're his cows. <laughs> I was like, nah, "Okay," you know. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, "Oh, he did a good, really nice job with that horse. I got one. Um, you think you can take her and ride her and, and get her ready for a sale?" I was like, "Oh, she." You know, I'm young, dumb, and bulletproof. Why not? <laughs> we go out there. And he's like, well, she's out here in this pasture somewhere. Like, okay. And this, I don't know how big that pasture was, but it was, uh, you know, just thick with cedar trees. Oh, so yeah. right out there, and he's like, oh, it's a, it's a, the hell did he say? Chestnut, I think he said. <clears throat> Chestnut mares. Okay. So <laughs> I start trotting out there course you know there's about 15 horses that come running up to me a new horse in the deal so i'm like getting ready to throw a hula hand i'm like well what the, there's only eight sorrels in, or chestnuts in here and shit it's like <laughs> i don't know which one to do you know so i was like well i guess this one so i whipped it on her and roped her you know and and me and old Cherokee, we just start dragging her i mean just damn near sledding her all the way to the trailer get her to the trailer and they're standing there and he's like, not, uh, not the right one. She has a little snip on her. I was like, oh, for shit's sake. So, well, now they know the jig's up, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm barreling through cedar tree. And this is all after a hard day's work anyway on this poor four-year-old. And, and <laughs> we're busting through brush and trying to catch up with these horses. And if you've never roped horses, it's a rush. And oh, yeah. You better have a fresh horse to do it. Yeah. Anyway, we end up the old back. She she jumped a fence and got into a cornfield. Hell, my horse had never seen a cornfield before, so we get busting through his cornfield. And the sucker breaks in two with me, <laughs> getting pulled up. And finally, get her out and open. And then there's two with white snaps. So I just take a guess and which one was closer. <laughs> Rope oh. her and get her drug over to the trailer. And of course, her eyes are about the size of saucers, you know. And, well i think that's the right one so drag her in the trailer and he's like 
Well, my, my grandson was riding her, and she just needs some miles on her zone. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this don't look like a horse that just needs some miles, you know. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, at least. And, <laughs> and they'll be built like a damn Belgian, too. And I had to let my cinches out about four or five notches just to get my saddle oh, on her, you know. And, and getting my saddle on her, I mean, that was that was a deal in itself. Well, so she she hogs around the round pen there for a while, and I think ah she's she's aired out and hawk it into her, and it's it's pretty damn muddy there that year it's when we had that big flood. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. So she's slipping and sliding. I was like, oh, it, she ain't she ain't you know kamikaze enough to buck around here with like this. Well, oh, I I hawk it into her and step to her shoulder and swing on and. And she didn't do too bad. She she kind of hogged around just a little bit, but nothing terrible. Oh man! <laughs> I was like, Hold oh, that. you know, he said that. So uh, this kid rode her. So it was so damn, it's uh, damn muddy in that round crowd. I was like, ah, I'll get her out there in the arena. And there's two gates in between, and I farted around. I finally got both gates getting off of her, you know, and. I get out there in the arena and we start kind of making her little lap around there. And she goes to Winnie and moves her head, so I just hook her. I was like, Let's see what you got, bitch. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, man. I was not ready for what she had. <laughs> oh, she, made, she made two laps around that arena, and I mean, flat out getting it on. And I had both hands, I had split range at the time and I had them folded over. Well, when she bogged her head, I went to pick up, and my reins got stuck underneath my horn. Oh, and so it was kind of like it wasn't give and take so much as it was under my horn, so it was sucking me down really good. So, I mean, I went to booting on this bitch and probably made the best ride of my life, and nobody's seen it. <laughs> oh, that's always how it goes. Yeah. And about the second time around the arena, she like I still swear up and down. She just figured out she couldn't get me off, so she just ass over tea kettles on me, got me pinned down, kicked the hell out of me, and I'm covered in mud and shit, and and she's backing up, and and I grab my reins and I'm just walking to her shoulder, nice and easy, you know. <laughs> and this bitch reaches up and she paws me right in the fucking head, and I oh. mean square in the head, knocks me down. And you know, like on uh, Man from Snowy River, and that stud's jumping up over top of him, his eyes get yep. big. She was doing that, and I was throwing mud and everything else at her, and got her off, and uh, I got a hold of her rein again. I stepped to her shoulder and went to swing on. She cow kicked me right up from under. Her. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this shit! I called that little black horse. I whistled him in, and I, I, I don't know. I stole my brother's side. I went out there and roped her, and I tripped her and laid her down and got my saddle off. And, and, I, and I went in, and I told that guy, it was like, he, you can sell her, but you better not tell anybody that had anything to do with this bitch. Like, I am not selling a man killer here. Well, so then, like, a year later, I get talking to the cousin or the grandkid. Uh-huh. And... And I was like, yeah, it's like, that bitch, she just wasn't messing around. Like, she 
she'd call your head off if you gave her half a chance, you know. And he said, he told you that I was riding her? I said, yeah. He said, oh, no, we, we was flanking her and bucking her out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, oh, that makes man. way more sense. It's like, no wonder the bitch could buck. <laughs> oh, man, that ain't no kidding. You know, probably the toughest horse that I've ever had to get on and i mean this horse did scare me i ain't gonna lie to anybody but he was six years old when when we were down there that first year and it had been uh i wanted to say 13 the winter of 13 like you know january february march anyways we called him evander and what had happened is that guy that owned the horse he hired this kid that's supposed to be this colt starter and pretty good with with cow horse you know show up but he had never been around these horses you know hadn't been handled much and so he got pretty bad about trying to come at you striking and so we called him evander for evander holyfield you know the boxer anyways you know we had to saddle him horseback and then to get on him we had to get on with horse and then slide over onto him because he was even with a hind foot rope you know he tried to square up to you and strike you or cow kick you i mean he was he was just bad i mean just just a bronc like i'd heard you know at the time you know i'd heard of some bad horses but this horse was bad and he probably stood about 16 hands and he was big when we finally got to shooting him he wore a size three on the fronts and a size two hind and Anyways, but he was good looking, and, and we spent, we finally got to where we spent a lot of time with him, and we got him gentle, and then he was one of them horses that we got into New Mexico, and I rode him three days in a row, and I mean, I sorted him up so bad, I mean, not only did his, like, his wither marks, like that hide peeled off from him, and so he had to have some time off, but we tried to, I mean, we, we hammered him, we were going to try to break an egg in him, but I remember once we finally got him going that's when we finally had to head back to nebraska because i had to come back and calve and so did ty and so i get him later on in may and he had some time to think about it so we're in new mexico and i'm working for slim and we get him in the round pin and we had this round pin that was beat out and it was probably nine foot tall anyways i get on him and 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 we had him fairly gentle you know on the ground by then but he still had his quirk so i get on him and he goes kind of hog around but i still got him pulled up and goes, oh hell i don't think he can buck you off he goes just give him his head and just give him one good spank to get him moving forward and i i no more than spanked him with my with my reins and this sucker did blow up and launched me over his head <laughs> and he and I hit the top of the round pin and I'm holding on to it. And I'm not kidding you, Corey. That next jump, he kicks and he kicks between my hand and my head on the round pin. And I'm, <laughs> you know, and I'm hanging on the top round, you know, on the top rail of that deal. Yeah. And I, and I drop down after he takes off. And I said, Holy cow, Slim, he could have kicked and broke my hand or my arm. He goes, Yeah, or he could have popped your head like a zit. <laughs> so we kind of had to re restart him and and i mean we finally kind of got him going and I, I, well i did i got him going again but he never did buck me off 
you know, out because I I never give him the opportunity. I like sure, yeah. You know, and thank God he and he tried to hog with me a few times, but he never did actually blow up and buck like he did that day. Yeah. Well, anyways, there's this kid. That he he knew that I had a couple of half. There's a half draft and a quarter draft, and he wanted to come look at these horses. He was he was going down to some state ground and was catching some of these wild cattle, so he needed some horses that was kind of raised in some rocks. And uh, he sees me riding in on this big bay horse. And this big bay horse, I mean, he was full, he was papered quarter horse, but he was big. I mean, he was his grandsire still had King P two thirty four on his papers, and out of kind of a Zampar bar bred mare and Hancock type stuff, you know. Oh, and yeah. and so he had to have him. And at the time, the horse market deal was real great. So we sell that horse for 600 bucks. And I thought, man, this guy, that'll be a perfect horse for him. Well, about a month or so later, Slim and I, we decided to go to Mora, not Mora, what the hell, uh, Wagon Mound. They had a amateur rodeo and kind of a barbecue type deal. And so we went over there and this big dude, walks up to me and he's kind of a big old spaniard he's like hey you the guy from nebraska i said yeah 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 that's me he's like you rode that big bay horse i I was like yeah and then spaniards you know they kind of they kind of have like maybe a a native they sound like the natives in a way but yet they don't really sound like they're hispanic it's kind of got they got their own little draw i got you and this guy, you could just tell he was tough. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to see him in a bar fight. And if I was, I'd be betting on him. You know. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "I've got that big bay horse. He's bucked me off three times." I said, "He has." He's like, "Yeah," and it's always been at the end of the day. And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> cool." I said, "He he can kind of buck." He goes, "Yeah, he can buck." And so. He was asked me how I got down there and this and that. And he was a pretty nice guy. I mean, he was rough. Like he just, you know, there's, he was damn sure lived on the, on the land type of guy. And yeah. so anyways, I see him about two months later. We're in uh, Las Vegas, New, Ve- New Mexico. And we went and watched this ranch rodeo. And this guy's like, yeah, I sold that horse. I said, oh, you did? I said, how'd you get along? Oh, sold him for a lot more money than I paid for him. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I sold him to the rodeo coach in, in uh, Tucumcari. I said, really? I said, why'd you sell him to him? For pickup horse or something? He's like, no, bucking horse. I said, really? He goes, yeah, we bucked him in the bronc ride, and he was too soft, so we bucked him in the rig under the rigging. I said, oh, really? How'd that go? He goes, of course, bucked hard. I said, really? He goes, yeah, he sold him to another guy that's got stock going to these pro rodeos i said really he goes yeah he took him to his first amateur rodeo and they 23 him on both sides I'm <laughs> oh geez so i i get wind of that and so i call ryan the guy that raised him i said ryan i said i got some news for you about holy vander he's like oh yeah what's that and i mean by this time this horse has got big old white wet wither marks on both sides i mean and he's gentle like you can walk out in the middle of the pasture and catch him we spent that much time on him anyways i go to i told ryan i said yeah that horse ended up being 
being kind of the real deal in the bucking horse thing. He's like, God oh, damn it. I thought we could get that out of him. He's like, they still, they still have like the arena record on that horse's full sister. <laughs> I said, for his full sister. He's like, yeah, we sold him to, I can't remember who the guy was, but he was a subcontractor at Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> or even, or maybe Ogden. And yeah. anyways, they was like 88, 89 points on that horse's full sister. And they still hold, at the time, they held the arena record on that. Yeah. Horse. I'm thinking, gee, many Christmas. You know, yeah. they even papered quarter horse. Yeah. You know? But that, that Ryan, he also raised bucking horses too. And, and anything that was big and stout that they couldn't, you know, that was a little bronchy to ride, they'd flank them. And some of them turned out to be bucking horses. Some of sure. them as much. You know, because there were still a lot of great horses that we were riding down there for him. But yeah, yeah, that was one that made <laughs> that's made a, living. That's the one I was trying to think of. Uh, I know you told me that story before. I couldn't think of what the horse's name was. I thought it was a big bay of some sort. But yep, uh, yeah, he's a big old brown horse, big brown horse. Yeah, he, he probably taped in probably right at fifteen. Well, he's probably right at sixteen. Not quite 15-3, you know, not short enough to be 15-3. But Ryan, he had some big horses, you know, because down there, I remember the first, the, I had that, I had this blue roan horse, and I, I mean, he was a, he was like a quarter draft, and he never was much of a bucker. I mean, he, he's bucked me, he bucked me off a couple times when we had him in New Mexico, but when we first started him, he was just so bad about being on the ground. And so Slim was there, and then a guy named Frank Lindley was there. Frank Lindley, he worked for Benny Binion. Benny Binion, you know, that's the guy that's got the NFR in Vegas. But he also had that big ranch in Montana. So he hired Frank when he was pretty young to come up there and uh, run one of them ranches and kind of run the horse deal for a while. And then he, he moved Frank to Vegas to ride them cutting horses. I mean, this Frank is a hand now, but Frank, he, he was pals with Ryan and Slim. And so he'd come down and, and he would also help us out with, his, with these Colts. And I mean, we had some of the, I mean, in my eyes, we had two guys that have been on a pile of horses that know the tricks to help us out. Well, Frank, you know, he still was, cowboy at heart and he was getting up there in age and he's like ah hell just ride that horse gathers the mares because we had to we had to wean some colts you know and or give them shot give, give mares shots and worm them and whatnot so we go to gather this pasture and it it's like twenty four thousand acres so i'm riding this colt that's got six rides and they always told us if your horse runs off with the mares just let them go because you can't stop them. just let them go I'm thinking, oh, hell, this horse, he's riding pretty good. That's why I took him, because he was riding fairly decent. Yeah. Little did I know at eight rides, he, <laughs> he was going to become feral again and just run with the herd. <laughs> but the mares, you know, the worst part was trying to keep the mares off of you, because yeah. they'd, they'd come pinning, that, pinning their ears and go to biting you. And, oh. and I mean, this sucker ran off with me for five miles, and... I didn't know if I was ever going to get him stopped. So I just, <laughs> I was just a passenger. I mean, yeah. the mares take off running and I take off running. The mares are scared because I'm still there. I couldn't roll my horse up and we finally get him caught in this water trap. And then I had hell just getting him drove out of the water trap to 
get that gate shut because everybody else had kind of seen what was going on. So they was opening. They were just watching the cloud of dust to see where we were going. And sure. man, we was jumping over them goalies and washouts. And I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna end up in a pile <laughs> of shit one of these times. Yeah. You know, and I I've had horses run off with me, but not that long. Right. Yeah. You know. But yeah. yet all of them guys, they got kick. Oh, geez, you guys, you survived the first wild horse race. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, it was wild. Yeah, I did. It was fun. That's the thing. Jingling horses, like, that's kind of some, it's kind of some spooky business, really. I mean, even oh. with the broke horse, like, hell, even Pecos, I mean, he's straight up in the, in the spade bit and you go jingle horses man you pretty much have to run with them it's not a oh, yeah. type of thing it's it's a whole new style of of riding really oh, i mean geez. because you're not you're not like cows you know you can kind of hold up and let them get going it's like no horses i mean it's you're pretty much 100 mile an hour the whole time really yep i remember one day and this was just like last year i go out to mom and dad's and i need to go get a horse in for the next day because i i don't know if i had a roping or a ranch rodeo or some bullshit deal but i i, I was going to go grab my little sorrow horse oh maybe i know what it was i needed to go grab him to go because i was still calving over at brewster and i come home and uh, i was i had my horses that I was using at the ranch here in town, but then I had to run out to mom and dad's to go catch a broke horse to go flag this high school rodeo on. So I get home and it's dark. I didn't think nothing of it. So I go out there and I've got a halter on where I finally get these horses caught. Cause I just walked out with the grain bucket and they would not come to the grain. And of course it's dark and I needed to have this horse or something that I could use. It was broke that I could flag on. So I get this horse caught and I've got this grain bucket. All of a sudden, my horse takes off, and then, well, everything else takes off back to headquarters or to the house, you know. And I couldn't get my horse load up, and I mean, I thought he was a lot broker than that. And boy, <laughs> come to find out, he wasn't. And I'm thinking, man, if I, I can't jump off because I'm riding him. He's just running. Yeah. And we got some canyons up there because right where mom and dad's place is that's kind of where them bohemian alps start yeah so it, yeah. you know it's there's some hills some oh, yeah. big hills and cedars Canyons everywhere and... oh yeah yeah we finally get clear up out of the canyon and i i still got this grain bucket that's underneath my elbow and i'm holding <laughs> on to the main and i'm i'm on this sucker like a freaking monkey screwing a football on. finally get on the kind of the flat ground and i i mean i know i know more get to about 500 yards to the gate and i finally got him woed up i'm like you asshole you're brokering this you know everything's already at the house yeah yeah oh man i was i was like that's probably the last time i do that shit did i ever tell you about that time i jumped on that stud bear back on the highway (laughs) no you never did oh man so i i was headed home from work one day and and get out there on whatever the hell that highway is coming from chambers going to burwell anyway head out on the highway and here's i don't know 10 12 mares and a stud out there i was like well these obviously don't belong here 
so they they start heading heading out down the highway and we're like, well, shit. So I get them to um, get around them and I'm trying to push them back, you know, and, and nothing's working. And pretty quick, here Kyle Carr shows up and a couple other kids and and every time you know you try to push him well the stud would just bring him right you know hurt oh, him. yeah, so oh, you yeah. couldn't push him anywhere and you couldn't lead him anywhere i was like well i don't know where they go but it's starting to get dark and somebody's gonna hit these horses and i look over kyle and i was like hell that stud that sucker's good looking enough hell he, he's gotta be broke don't he well you know, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I fished around in the car there, and I had this kid's rope for some damn reason. And so I roped this stud and flipped the, flipped the loop around his nose, you know, so I got a hack. And, and so I just told Kyle, I was like, give me, give me your leg up. Let's see what happens. Like, hell, if he's broke, he's broke. If not, I'll land on the pavement, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. he flips me up there and and i you know i pulled back on him a little bit and he kind of halfway stops and i was like oh that's good enough and and i go up there to these mares and they start squealing and pissing and kicking at me and everything else and grab the tail of that rope and i just start over and under the mares and whipping them in the ass well these mares take like oh stampede yeah we we couldn't get them to move two foot one way and then all of a sudden everything just decides oh we're gonna go somewhere now you know so (laughs) at a high rate of speed at a very high rate of speed so here i'm on this this stud well you know you you sit on stud bareback it's like riding a fucking buffalo pretty much you know it's like you don't have your knees anymore because your legs are so spread out oh yeah you know so these mares take off and old studley he's got his ears pinned and he's chasing them just as hard as them mares can go <laughs> so we, go down, we go down the highway and i don't know probably a quarter mile and 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 these mares turn the corner get them turning they're heading back north or south and and just going just as hard as they can well you know as well as i do you ride a horse on the pavement in a saddle it's hard because it's, you know, oh, yeah. It's hard to ride them in a saddle, much less bareback. So I got a handful of made, and like, I looked down, and I was like, we are going way too fast to bail at this point. It's like, I'm too scared to fall off. Like, I have to stay on now. So we <laughs> probably another four or 500 yards down the highway, just as fast as them suckers will go. Get around, they take a right and go down the, go down this gravel road to this old boy's place and shit lose my hat and i'm just hanging on just as hard as i can you know and and they all run through this open gate and by the time we get through the gate old studly woes up and i swing off take my rope off and i was like thanks for the ride and he looks at me and he's like thanks for the help and takes off and i shut the gate I was like, holy <laughs> shit, boys. <laughs> yippee ki yay yeah, yeah, there's 15 people have seen it. But that was like, nobody got on Snapchat. Nobody, you know, decided to oh. get a video of it. But I didn't have to buy beer at the bar for like a month after that. Like, you crazy <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, remember when uh, when you broke your arm? Cause it was oh, like, oh, yeah. God, we, you, <laughs> yeah. You, that was oh, I still feel terrible. 
Oh, that was yeah. So Carl had that cult that he said was a bronc, and then he jumped on him in the pit yeah. right back. Yeah, it was Wouldn't a buckskin too. Yep, yep. Wouldn't even yeah. think about bucking with you, just kind of boogery. And yeah. you're like, hey, I'm gonna get him to jump over that that protein tub. That's what it was. That metal no, protein. No, tub. somebody somebody threw a damn lip tub at me. That's what it was. That was me. Yeah. Told me to in front of him <laughs> yeah. get him to jump it. Oh, Carl. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Carl had had this horse that he got from some pickup man or something. And <laughs> kept, bucking him, kept bucking him off. And so he's at this Christmas party, and I was... I was yeah. I was, oh, goodness. I was having a good old time with a handle of Pendleton, and, and somebody... Because I had my... I had my sports coat on because i'm cool like that that was That's, me i you told oh, me yeah to yeah that. it was you yeah yeah you told me to throw that deal in front of you no man. no I, this is this was way before that like i was oh and I, I had my sports coat on somebody said something about a cowboy in a continental suit well there's a buckskin out there that kept bucking carl off like, oh, i'll crawl on him so yeah we roped him and i crawled on him somehow yeah and, i licked you up on him Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only did I help you get it, get on him, I was the one that protein tub, protein tub in front of him. I threw it, threw it too far in front of him, and then he, yeah, that didn't go so good. No. So, like, yeah, he's running around, and I'm riding bareback, and we're just having a good old time. And I just, somebody threw a bucket in front of him, and this sucker cut in two or what happened oh man i hit hard hard yeah you broke your arm yeah i broke my arm well then then we get back and i'm like holding my arm and this freaking hippie keeps coming up and just telling hey man we don't have a problem we don't have a problem like yeah like just go about your business and he kept kept coming up and telling me that and finally i was like dude i'm gonna punch you in the freaking face he's like whoa we we don't have a problem. You're cool. You're I'm cool. I was like, yeah. So quit telling me. That. <laughs> he just kept at it. And I was like, all right, we can be cool, or I'm gonna deck you. I don't care. He's like, <laughs> probably one of Mark Stoner friends. No, it was roommate. no, it was uh, oh, what the hell was a hippie there in Burwell with the long hair? Uh, Ash? No, not Ashton. Uh, rock band kid. Oh, Ashen's brother. Yeah, what the hell's his name? Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy. That was, uh, James. Jimmy James. James. Yeah. yeah, James. Yeah, James. Yeah, he kept coming up. Oh, we don't have a problem. I was like, no, we don't. But he kept coming up and telling me that. <laughs> oh, Dude, I'm gonna weirdo. beat your ass. And, oh. Well, then everybody else jumped in. He was like, hey, what do you want to beat the hippies' ass? Wait. Because he keeps telling me we don't have a problem, and now we're starting to, because I'm sick of oh. shit. Like, I'm See, over I'm, here I'm licking still my wounds. Yeah, I'm still buddies with his brother. Uh, he He's back. He's a he's a diesel mechanic, works on tractors and farm machinery yeah. and stuff. And then he, he also backgrounds a bunch of calves. Oh, you yeah. Know, I mean, I'm still pals with him. But anyways, he, uh, he was telling me that, that James... He went all atheist and shit like that and bleep, worships the devil. Like, you know, that that to me, that well, where we grew up, 
you don't you don't see or hear about nothing right. like that, you know. But yeah, well, like he yeah. was, he kept telling me about because he, you know, he being a hippie and long hair and everything. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like hell, even Chrisley Dew talks about hippies and cowboys are a lot the same. Like whatever. Yeah. But he, oh, he just yeah. kept he kept kept after me, and I was like, man. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna beat your ass and <laughs> smile about it because I don't even care right now. I was like, just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I still feel bad about that. Oh, oh man. Geez. No, and then then they found out about it in chambers and I did kind of the same thing a couple weeks later and Oof. a horse rolled with me. They, well, it was a horse that Oh, uh, he's bronchy or whatever, and my dumbass is like, oh, hell, I'll crawl on him, you know. So <laughs> I get on him, and he takes off running and bucking and shit. And I stayed with him, actually. And he got in the deep snow and rolled with me. Oh, shit. And I came off, and well, I bailed off as he went over, you know. And, and I came back, and, and everybody's giving me hell about getting bucked off. I, like, I didn't get bucked off, <laughs> you know. Yep. Nobody believed me. Uh, uh, so we went and looked at the tracks. Hell, there's blood smeared across the snow. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> no. Uh, so so we rope him again, and I crawl on him again. And this time, my buddy jumps on me, and he takes off running. And 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 Kurt, he's like petering off to the side there, and I'm trying to stay in the middle of this sucker, and there's... I don't know who made those crowds, but there's a pipe out in the middle of nowhere in this deal. So I got a handful of main. I see this pipe coming up really fast, and I give her all I've got to to muscle her way back in the middle just for a minute, get past that pipe. <laughs> Both <laughs> <all out. laughs> oh, oh. My wild bareback riding days need to be done now. <laughs> I remember one time I had this cold I took in and I in gentle but I mean dumb. This and <laughs> unathletic. If this horse was a person, he'd fall down playing chess. I'm not kidding you. I mean this poor sucker. But he was but he kinda like get boogery. So one day we're riding I'm riding him in the I get him out of the round pen and I'm out in the arena and I'm like, oh, hell, he'll be fine. And he was kind of a, he was like a brownish bay colored horse. And sure enough, I kick him into a lope and I go to kind of just turn him and he, he didn't want to go. So I kind of moved that hind end over and it was like he tried extra hard and he tripped with his hind end and just went, what, hit the ground. <laughs> and I mean, it was like in slow motion because it yeah. was like a real slow lope. Yeah. I get up and I look and I'm like. And he just stands there like, he gets up. He's like, shit, did I just fall down? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? So I get on him and I go to ride him around. And we're doing the same thing. And he starts to kind of leak. So I just, I know more than ask him to push that hind end over. He trips and stumbles again. At least this time he didn't go down. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm, and, and that horse, he turned out all right. But, oh, I know what you mean when. And I've had a lot of them other horses go down. I mean, riding pins. And oh, yeah. Runaways. Oh, Jeez, I had, had a horse that was... I, I don't even know what the hell... I, I must have just been screwing around on him. And, and uh, 
anyways, I was kind of out on the gravel road there, and the dog was being an idiot, so I went to chase down the dog. The dog kind of <laughs> went in the ditch, and the horse went in the ditch after him. The ears pinned down, and oh, hell, actually, is that Jasper horse? He was a dog-hating little prick. Anyway, <laughs> and just launched me, and I supermanned off of him and road rashed it all the way across my neck and everything, and my mom and my sister was out there, and I like, like about the time I hit the ground, you know, I, I stood up, and then I fell back down because the world was still going one direction. I was going the other, and boy, they let out this big old scream. Man, that still curls my hair for what they did. You know, talk, talking about road rash, when when I was a senior in high school, well, no, yeah, I'd have been, I was, I was a junior, going to be a senior. I had a good buddy at the time named Steve Heisel, and so he ended up moving in with mom and dad and I and my brothers and whatnot, and we were going to ride Colts that summer. His, uh, his parents was going through a divorce, and we had all these Colts lined up to start, so we had that arena and whatnot there at mom and dad's, and we was also day working a bunch. Well, anyways, poor old Steve, we we go out to what we was doing. We, the Colts that had a little few more rides, we just take them and we we we, we drive them down the road to get to mom and dad's other pasture. They had another uh, section of ground that we would just go tie them horses that were fairly broke up, and then the Colts that we were leading, we just get on them. And then one person would stay on something a little more broke. You know, something like it was getting ready to head head home or whatnot, and then we we we'd swap. Well, he rides his colt first, or no, I ride my colt first, and he kind of ponies me around the pasture and whatnot for the first or second ride, and then we get back to where the tank was that had some cottonwood trees that some of them was kind of flopped over, you know, that grew low and. And they might not have been cottonwoods. They might have been like some kind of elm or willow tree or whatever. And they growed where that water had, you know, where it flows over the tank, you know, from the overflow. And so anyways, he gets on his colt and we, he rides him around. So then he gets back on the colt that is getting, you know, broke one of the two. And he's leading his colt behind him. Well, he's going to get him to step over that water on the over you know by the overflow well i don't know what the hell he's thinking instead of just asking him he just gut punches him and this horse just shoots straight <laughs> up and then runs off underneath the tree so he lets go of his colt and that colt runs underneath this tree that's got this branch that's pretty low and it catches that that horse had to duck his head to get through it well <laughs> that branch hits that saddle horn and it goes so far before it pops up. Well, then it just, <laughs> it just wipes him out. Well, Steve wears glasses. And so, sure enough, he ends up taking, you know, it just launches his glasses. And, I mean, knocks him off his horse. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you all right? It skinned him. It skinned him from below his, from his belt buckle all the way up. And he had turned his head. And it was just a freaking big old road rash all the way from his belt buckle, put it to, the, to his head. It even pulled off hair off of his head. And the worst part, though, 
is he's blind. Like if if he ain't, he he didn't have his glasses. I mean, he was blind, blind. And I bet it took us an hour to find him goddamn glasses. And I mean, they was shit. They was a hundred yards from where he fell off. <laughs> but he finally got got his horse and. We get back to the house and we get a phone call. There's a guy that had a bull that got out on the neighbors. He's he's wanting to bring him home and whatnot. So we get a couple other horses saddled up. And then my dad was home. So he gets a horse caught too. So we drive. And, and so we're down by the valley on over by Sergeant, between Sergeant and Gates. And sure as shit, we get this bull sorted off and we're by the canal. We drive this bull into the trailer, and the guy, instead of just shutting the trailer gate, he walks in the trailer with him and was going to shove him up into the first stall of the trailer. Oh, yeah. Well, that bull spins around, comes out, and we don't get him caught for another freaking three miles because <laughs> he he jumped the canal. So then we had to go back to the bridge because I damn sure wasn't going to jump a canal. And then go up the road into these pastures and then every gate or every fence he went through he just ran through it so then we right. had to circle around finally that bull got out of air and we we got a rope hung on him but before we get this bull lined out steve he's riding along and his horse hits a freaking hole and goes ass over tea kittle rolls clear over top of him and and he was fine thank god didn't hurt him hurt his ankle i mean this thing swelled up huge couldn't even uh. couldn't even put his boot back on well then turns around we get this bull loaded on the trailer and we get him where he needs to be and we take off and we go home and later on he's in the in, his, in the bedroom and he's talking and he's out there for quite a while pretty soon he comes back he goes man they, you know when they say bad things happen in three they're they're pretty serious and my dad's like well gee steve why do you what do you mean didn't you only fall off your horse twice today he goes, yeah, I fell off twice, but then my girlfriend just broke up with me. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that. Shit, talking about Bronx there earlier. You remember old, uh, what was his name? Tyler. Oh, or was it Tyrell? Ty, no, what the heck is his name? Up there, Ainsworth, or Bassett Country, Bronx Rider. Um, oh, uh, Tyler Craven. Tyler, yeah, Tyler. Was you there that day? That, oh, that yeah. What, him down? That that Palomino when he broke yeah. his leg. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Shit, I was picking so, up. That oh, you was. was. Yeah, that horse was jumping and hitting and jumping sideways and oh, jumping over the arena fence sideways. But when he started to come down in that fence. Wiped his legs out. Yeah, uh, broke his back. It, oh yeah, yeah. yeah broke so horse's back broke Tyler's leg. Tyler got bucked <laughs> off before he hit the fence. All right. Yeah, but, yeah. He yeah. he knocked him down so damn hard he broke his leg. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, I was probably I don't know, 10, 12 years old probably. Oh shit, time. we we were we were probably thirteen, fourteen. You think so? Well, yeah, because I remember I was I was, I was in I junior high, I guess. Yeah, so that yeah, that'd be because I started picking up when I was about twelve, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because everybody so, showed up to get on bucking horses at mom and dad's. Nobody, there wasn't any pickup men, so I kind of got, I just got thrown in the mix. <laughs> so I was, well, I was like 
probably 10 or 12 when I got gifted these horses because my other horse um, dropped a leg through the trailer and died. So my grandpa gave me these two horses. Oh, man. And so this is my summer project to break these two. And, and they were Oof. a handful, to say the least. Well, the buck and, likes that. Oof. And so I tried and tried and like it. This sucker's. They were just freaking rank, and they were kind of, kind of old school outlaws. Well, you know, shit. I'd seen dad break, you know, horses and everything, and, and really didn't have problems. The hell, that sh- shouldn't be that hard. But <laughs> like this when, when just ain't going like a plan, you know. So, when, when they're twelve years old and eight people have tried. Yeah. So. So finally, they're like, "Well, let's take him to Marty." And at that time, Marty—I mean, the guy—the guy is a very good horseman. And uh, anyway, we ran him off the trailer, and Marty's like, "Yeah, no, these are these are the first horses you tried. Yet, not even a good idea at all." So anyway, Marty tried them for a while, and he's like, "Ah, yeah, you need to do something different with these." So I was like, "Well, shit, Corey." Corey's bucking horses. Let's take him to Taylor and buck them out and see what happens. And holy shit. Like, oh, yeah. They they proceeded to get it on. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, dirty nasty. So... I mean, to jump over the fence, like well, that, not sideways. Only th- like, that wasn't even their best out. So we took them to Bassett before that to buck them out with a dummy. And Bo Harrington, you know him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bo, he's like, he's a bronc riding extraordinaire and wilder than hell. And, and, you know, I'm just a kid. And, and I was like, well, you know, I couldn't get these horses broke and whatever. So we're just going to buck them out. And Bo's like, oh, hell, just just throw your saddle on them. And you, you, well, I'll ride them out. And, you know, it'll be no big deal and whatever. Well, so we're trying to get the dummy on them but you got to put down this pad first so we're putting the this pad down before the rig in and the sucker reached both of them did it they reached around and grabbed a hold of that and threw it in the front and was pawing the shit out of it so we got that fished out and got got it on and slammed the rigging on and was trying to get the latigos up you know and they reached around and biting the hold everybody getting latigos on them Got old dummy oh. Bob on there, you know, and and turned him out. And I mean, these suckers just flat got it on. <laughs> and so the dummy come off and he made a round and came back and like jumped, made it a point to jump on top of the freaking dummy because he was laying out there. Bo's out there trying to pick up. This sucker's just gnawing the hell out of Bo, biting the shit out of him. Get him in the strip and shoot. Go to the slam strip and shoot gate, and he tears that apart. Jeez. <laughs> and I mean, it was uh, a pair deal. They were both the same. Like both of them did pretty much the almost exact same run. So we get done there, and you know, like this, like ten, twelve year old kid. <laughs> like, well, Bo, you get your saddle. He's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no something oh so anyway we we proceed we just keep bucking them out but so we get down and the funniest story that I heard from that day because 
Corey Hughes puts on a bronc riding stool, and it's an awesome school. But uh, he's running short of horses, so he calls me. And he's like, hey, can you bring them them two Palominos in? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we go out, and we, we gather them up and get them in there. And, and old uh, Tanner Olson, he tells the best story about it because it's funnier than shit because they're oh. all back there, you know, big-time bronc riders, you know, and, and he said, well, we're sitting around there waiting for horses. And then here Corey and Logan show up with these two Palominos and run them through there. And, and Corey's like, well, guys, get your, get your saddles. <laughs> the same boys don't want nothing to do with them. By God, I don't want nothing to do with them. He said, <laughs> like, Tanner thought he's going to be a hero. And he gets on the one and goes out there and sucks his bucket to damn flat. hard, breaks his leg. And then the horse bucks sideways over top of an eight-foot woven wire fence and breaks his back and they end up <laughs> I end up shooting him like a week later and then after that the other one never did buck very good but uh, yeah I, I do kind of remember that though that was wild that oh. was that was the one yeah, they that, like big old they went Palomino's. to turn him out Oh man, they went to turn him out, and Corey's like, "Hey, everybody, get way back, way back!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. bucking suckers. Woof. Yeah, that, well, yeah, and like those were the first two horses that I tried to start. So then it's like after that, hell, everything was pretty easy. Uh, yeah, easy. Uh, you know, I remember my dad. So. And it was pretty smart on his part, but he'd get them ponies bought for little to nothing, like okay. little ponies. And I was eight, nine, ten years old, and we were just crash dummies, you know, and we got to where we'd get them going. So every year we'd have Cody, my brother Cody and I, we'd, we'd get two ponies each, and then we'd get them going, and then we'd turn around and sell them. I sold my first pony for $212. <laughs> I remember we, we got him bought for like, I'm wanting to say $75. I thought, yeah. you know, I way more than doubled my money. Well, dad would put, you know, he'd buy them. We'd train them. And then whatever, he'd get his $75 back and we'd, we'd get to keep the rest. Well, yeah. when I'm eight, nine years old, I'm thinking that's a lot of money, you know. So it goes on until I get to be about 12. And so we start riding some colts for Jack Rupel. And Jack Rupel, he's raised two horses, been in the NFR in the, in the barrel race. He had a son called uh, of a horse that was sired by Dash for Cash. And, I mean, he he also had horses that they he'd send off and they'd get ran on the track and whatnot in the quarter horse deal. And, well, anyways, I get this mare in, and she's a two- or three-year-old, you know, and I'm probably 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And Dad was helping me with her. And, never she you know i probably rode her two or three times and she never once offered to buck or be goofy or nothing so dad always said don't be getting on these horses when i'm gone wait until i get home well i get home from school i'm like i hell i'm gonna get her out of the round pin i'm gonna be riding around and everything's gonna be good and dad's gonna be proud of me and this and that well i get on her in the round pin and i ride around get along great and I no more get her out of the round pin. And we're in, we're in this big square lot, and there's a windbreak, you know, a tin windbreak. Well, 
sure enough, this mare blows up, bucks me off, and she bucks me off into that tin. Well, I land, <laughs> I, I go to get off of her, and I cut my hands, both oh, yeah. palms on that tin, and I swear dad had to just pull up right at that time because he's seen it. <laughs> And so when I get my ass banked, I'm trying to cover my ass. Well, then he's hitting me in the hands. Well, then I got blood everywhere. I'm thinking, what the hell? I should have just listened to him the first time. But, uh, yeah, I finally finally got her going. She did buck me off a few more times after that. But I'll never forget that. It was the worst ass weapon ever. Because not only did it get my ass pelted, my hands got freaking more too, you know. I mean, I just skinned the, the hide off my pants, Oh, yeah. You know, when I hit yeah. that tin, I'm like, oh, shit. Jeez, uh, I did that. We had, uh, oh, shit, we, we was real little, you know. We had, uh, yeah, we had buck and stock. Hell, even the cats were, were buck and stock, you know. And, and the, <laughs> he's going to make, going to make, uh, buck and stock out of cats and dogs and you know i shed everything that they oh yeah you know we had uh, bucket calves and so we had you know we named them all you know terminator after mckay's bull or whatever anyway we had this charlet calf as snowball and like we we actually we had to have a bullfighter on snowball because he'd turn around and and he'd thump you (laughs) so (laughs) We got this sucker wedged up behind the, the pan. Of course, we're not supposed to be doing this yet. You know, we got our attitude, I don't know how many times before, but you can't help not do it. So anyway, we're out there, and this sucker goes to bucking, and my brother turns this calf back around, and he's spinning in the circle, and this sucker just flat chilly walks me on top of, like, this three-inch pipe, like a rusty old pipe. And the rust transferred from the pipe through my shirt into my skin and bruised. I'm pretty sure I probably broke some ribs, but at that point I'm like, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. We come (laughs) hobbling back into the house. Of course, you know, shit, when you're that age, you don't last very long before they realize it. Oh, man, (laughs) we got got our little asses beat for being out there. One day we was out uh, at that. Do you remember that jackrabbit horse, that that pony that we'd take junior rodeos all the time? Oh, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> so one day we was out. We had, of course, I grew up, my, my cousins were, uh, well, I guess they was half, but uh, their mom was full-blood Lakota Sioux, so we grew up cowboys and Indians for real. Oh, yeah. And, and so we'd always have cowboys and Indians and and. Anyway, it's one day we was out there jacking around and and we was gonna be bareback riders like dad, you know. So I don't remember what the hell we had strapped on that poor horse, but um something for a rigging apparently. But then uh, <laughs> but then we took a ratchet strap for a flank strap. <laughs> We, we ratchet strap that sucker tight and he's bucking around there you know we're all having a good old time and grandpa shows up and that you know <laughs> the good broke <laughs> pony's getting flanked and <laughs> oh he was dirty pissed about that <laughs> i remember i i was pretty little too i was probably seven eight 
somewhere in there. Hell, maybe not even that old. Miles Goss, his grandparents, uh, Joyce and Fletcher, they lived down the road. Well, anyways, Miles comes over. And Miles, he was probably three or four years older than I was. Same guy that I was talking about, you know, that I worked with oh, at yeah. Wake Ranch. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, same thing. I've known Miles forever. My mom and his, or my dad and his mom were, were classmates. And so, anyways, we had these dairy calves for practice calves and then i had then dad always had them coriannis around because he had you know roping cattle and whatnot well same thing we wasn't supposed to be messing with them so we had to sneak out and we we was getting them in the bucket shooting you know miles was flanking and running pulling my bull rope and opening the shoe gate all at the same time <laughs> well i get one that jerks me down and I get a dew claw in my head. I mean, I split my head open. And <laughs> it must have knocked me dingy for a little bit, you know. And anyways, he's like, well, what do I do? Do I take you to the house? I'm like, no, no, because we'll get spanked. And I'll be worse than this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but if he goes, I might get spanked for not taking you in. I said, but if you if you get spanked for not taking me in, I'm still going to get spanked in my head. You know, and I, I hurt my head. I said. Maybe we should go, cause I'm, and I'm, you know, you get cut in the head, you're gonna bleed. Oh yeah. So sure enough, I get up there, and I mean, Dad, same thing. It seems like Dad just happens to pull in the yard <laughs> right when bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez, I got my ass spanked. Miles got his ass spanked by his oh, granddad. Yeah. yeah. Then it's I good. got to go get stitches. <laughs> oh yeah man i have yet to get stitches so far it's pretty amazing from the stuff that i've done but, uh, I, I, cut the, I cut the whole damn tendon off of my thumb and i never got stitches we just kind of patched it up oh really i remember yeah. one year at colorado springs i got on a bull that nobody had rode yet and it was a it was one of one of pete cars i'm pretty sure anyways I knew there had to be a trick to him because everybody was getting bucked off of him between like 3.5 and 4 seconds. So I I was kind of ready for it. Well, sure enough, this bull goes out there and bucks his ass off. Well, then I get to that 3.5, 4 second mark and this bull switched directions up and then kind of has a couple wicked moves. Well, after that, he cuts a trail. And I'm like, he, he doesn't kick, lunges forward and belly rolls. Well, he gets me on the end of my arm, and then he belly rolls and turns back the other way. Well, I lose my feet. He jerks me down. I get a horn underneath the chin. Then I hang up to him because he rolls me over on the other side, and I ride left-handed, or I rode left-handed. And he steps on my legs, jerks me out of my rope, and then kicks again and starts to turn back, and he comes down on me, and he steps under. he steps on my collarbone, and then gets a dew claw underneath my helmet. Well, I dislocate my thumb in two joints. So I get my first knuckle, it's dislocated. And then the big, you know, the meaty part of the backside of your thumb closer mm-hmm. to your wrist. Well, I dislocate that part. Well, I got blood going all over the place. And I thought it was because I ripped my thumb off. Well, come to find out that dew claw caught underneath my helmet jerks my helmet off my face and I cut my chin open and then 
I couldn't pick my arm up. Well, I knew something was wrong there. Well, I dislocated my collarbone off of my sternum. Oh, shit. Well, lo and behold, I find out they they get my glove off. They have to cut it off because they don't know what's going on with, you know, because it's dislocated in two joints. Mm-hmm. Just happens to be the Olympic. There's an Olympic training center out there. And so the Olympic doctor and uh, I wouldn't say the therapist, but the physical trainer, maybe. I mean, he's a big time doctor and, you know, he goes all all right. over the place and works on them guys that are all yeah. them Olympians that are training out there. He happens to be there with the Justin Sports Medicine team. And so this Rick Foster, that's the, the main one of the main guys with the Justin Sports Medicine deal. He's like, well, we can fix you right now. Said, well, let's go ahead and do it. He goes, yeah, we can we can sew your face up. We can pop your thumb back into place and fix your collarbone. Well, on my collarbone deal, Matt, I, I've broke both collarbones, but when I dislocated this one off my sternum, I mean, I tell you what, that one, that one tickled a little more. Than oh, most. I bet. And, I mean, I was black and blue from both of my collarbones, or, you know, like, right underneath my throat, clear down to my pecker. Like, it, I was bloody, or, you know, I bruised clear all the way down to, like, my pelvic region. Yeah. And. So they get me in there. So the first thing they pop in are them two joints in my thumb, which that, I mean, that didn't feel real great anyways, but that wasn't that bad. <laughs> when they popped that collarbone in, that guy, <laughs> he tricked me good. He's like, we're going to pop this in on four. Cause when you take that big, deep breath in, you're going to have to breathe out and you're, you're going to hold your breath out for at least two seconds to relax all the muscles. And that's when we'll pop it in. I mean, this guy had me hook, line, and sinker. So I no more. He starts to count. He goes, one. And he said, after one, on two, I was supposed to push all that air out and then hold my air out for three seconds, you know. And then on four, when I start to breathe in, that's when it was supposed to pop in or whatever. Yeah. He was, he was going to use his knee to pop it in, right? And, and then he grabbed me on the back side of my neck and then on my right side of my shoulder. And then was going to, you know, pull me to him. I no more went one. And then he says two. And I start to let out. And I mean, wow. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, talk about tickle. Oh, yeah. But I was lucky enough. uh, That Seth Glass, his girlfriend live fairly close and so seth he had to take off to another rodeo and his his wife jamie and her her mom you know their place was pretty close and they're like well you better stay here because i had to go back for x-rays that next day make sure nothing was broke that on anything that i dislocated and whatnot sure. they they never charged me a dime to be fix damn. all that to sew me up or anything now i i had hell you know, getting around because I was in a sling on my sh- for my shoulder, and then I was in like a half cast, put it up to my elbow. And gee, me Christmas, I had to drive home that next day after I went to that <laughs> their, I went to their training office, and that was or not training office, but like their doctor clinic for the Olympic. Right. Deal. That was that was a pretty cool place. They had pictures of all the Olympians that had went through there and this and that, and 
Yeah, but yeah. Oof. He's like, oh man, you cowboys, you guys are so tough. Jeez, <laughs> this and that. I'm like, no, we're just retarded. <laughs> yeah, we are. We don't, we, we don't get paid enough. We yeah. gotta heal up, hurry up, and come back uh, and make more money. Well, hey, Buck, oh, I'm gonna have to cut her off here. Um, do you want to do another one? We can do that too. Hell yeah, shit. It's up to you. I'm. Right. I ain't. Uh, I ain't good at much, but I'm pretty good bullshitter. So. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll shut this one down here, and and if you want to do another one, I'll give you a call back here in a little bit. Yeah. Hell, we can sure do that. It's up okay. to you. I'm. I'm game for anything. We're. We're in a stone storm right now, so I'm <laughs> betting I'm not going to go to Stewart to shoe horses tomorrow. All right. I'll give you a call back here in a minute. All right. Sounds good. Yep. But-